Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tuesday night, another edition of Sideline Sports. I see we got the new logo, the new intro, and we got Greg Pryor joining us tonight. Uh, former Major League player, World Series champion, one-time Yankee. One-time, For a little you know, bit, he was a Yankee. <laughs> you know, very excited. Glad to have him with us. It's an honor to have him here. Uh, I hear there's a huge announcement coming tonight, Jake, as well. There is. I think, uh, I, 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 unless either of you like to say it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it right out there. Do you guys, would, you, would either of you like to take it? No? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I was supposed to be at the Boys and Girls Club in Greenwich <laughs> for tonight's announcement, but I'm not. No, is that so? Well, yes, big announcement. First of all, first of all, the new logos, which is exciting. I mean, we're happy. New logos, new intro. So, first of all, uh, Rob Rob, is, as he goes with Rob Robertson, uh, friend of a show, did great work. So, thank you for the new logos and the intros, all the great work you did first. But more importantly, uh, Sideline Sports is officially going to be on television. Uh, DBNA Television Network. Uh, we have been working behind the scenes for about two or three weeks now, I'd say. We're close to it, working closely, um, working on that. And starting next week, we don't have an official time. We're still working on that. Um, we're going to be picked up by that network. We're going to be on TV. So more details to come on that. But uh, I'm, I, to say the least, I'm very excited about this. We're going to be uh, on TV, guys, and in about a what about a year or so, year or so, it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome. Can't, can't can't be more impressed than I am with the hard work that you guys have put in that we've done. We've gotten to interview some great people, such as Greg. As I say, uh, Greg, know, right some, here. You know, some other great athletes we've had, some media personalities. We we've done well, and it's exciting that we're going to be able to bring it to the television now. Besides just podcast or radio, which we've done. Yeah, so it'll be. For people that have Roku, it's on Roku. They're working on getting on Apple TV, I believe you said, or uh, actually rather, Fire, I think, do you say Fire Stick? I think we're on Fire Stick. Roku, they have and, Roku Fire and Fire Stick. Stick. They have an app. Working on Apple then, TV, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, and they also have a website, or the website, the live stream you can access it. So as soon as we know our official time slot, we will let you guys know. Um, we're working with, the guy's name is David Brunner. He's the the, the lead guy. He, he heads up the network. Um, so he'll let us know our official time, but as of next week, we're going to be uh, on television, people. Debbie, thank you. We are, uh, yes, thank to you. say the least, very excited about this. This but is now, something that this has been hard to keep under wraps for as long as we have. <laughs> the fact that I haven't a word basically anybody 
is a miracle because I've been so excited about this. I'm sitting here in Kansas City almost sweating with all this new news you guys. <laughs> I was sweating. I'm like, poor Greg is we are, I want to interview Greg, I want to talk to him, but we got this huge announcement. We gotta we gotta start with this. And I, I Greg, I I'm sure you won't mind that I share this. This is funny. Greg was sharing the show this week and he was telling us right before the show starts, he's been showing uh sharing the show with people all week, right? And people are like, what's this huge announcement, Greg? What's going on? What is it? And Greg's like, I have nothing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Because when people see the title, they see that. And they think Greg has got some big announcement. I told JB before the show, I said, JB, I got to come up with something. Because all my friends are asking me what my new, what my big announcement is. But <laughs> we, we, uh, we can get into that. We can get into that. I, I, I do have an announcement. And uh I'm not, I don't want to overshadow anything you guys. No, got. no, no, no. You're our no, you're our guest, and guests should always feel like they're at home. So uh, my my announcement is that there's going to be a big announcement. That's my announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. A lot of big announcements and one episode. I love it. Now, if yeah. people want to hear about my big announcement, uh, they need to go to my uh, my website, which yeah. you you guys might have a, a copy of that uh, that uh, shot I gave you, that one uh, with the banner with the in my. I information sure do. Give me one second. I'll pull that up for you. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, they can go to my um, website where my book is, and if they just send me an email, I can uh, I can share my announcement uh, right down there at uh, gregoryprior.com at the bottom. If they want to go there and put in their email, and I'll tell you guys ahead of time, I won't uh, try to upstage anything you're doing. But if they want to leave their email there at gregoryprior.com, I'll put them in the list. And when my big announcement is made. <laughs> Then uh, I, I think we'll all be happy because it, it probably would affect all three of you and a lot of the people that uh, you know because it's all about baseball. Yeah, it's all it's baseball. all it's going to it's going to be about baseball history. But uh, we got, I got a new slant to it, and I, I can't uh, divulge it now because somebody might of try course. to. See it. Of but uh, it's going to be exciting, and I, I just talked to uh, my producer today about it, and he 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 wants the end. So uh, I'll I'll uh, let everybody know if they want to give me their email address. Absolutely. All right. Well, so make sure you guys check address, that out. Yeah. Give it to Greg. Absolutely. I mean, look, I know we got a big announcement, but I can't imagine what Greg you've got. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to be with you again <laughs> because, you know, JB, I don't know how you and I connected. I don't know if you saw a show I did with Sunberg on, uh, on the air or not. Okay. Uh, and I'm glad you did because um, I'm, I feel comfortable with you guys very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, glad to yeah, have I you on. You I saw you on Facebook and, you know, I had seen about that you were with the Yankees and a little bit before my time, I was born in the mid seventies. So I don't remember too much of the era back then. I remember you were Kansas city, but you know, not with the Yankees. And then I started doing some research and we connected and you were a fascinating guest. I mean, you had some phenomenal stories, which we'll get into in just a minute. And I was lucky enough to have you on the show and get to know you a lot better. You know, I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Well, it's always fun to talk uh, to uh, people that love the game of baseball, even though you you guys are 20, 30, 40 years younger than me. Uh, but what we really need to do in this country is to inspire these young people to understand the history of the game. Yep. Because uh, the history of the game is disappearing. And um, we, we guys like us are going to have something to do do with it because yep. uh, we don't want people to forget. I mean, I, I was seven years old uh, and when I started playing Little League Baseball up in Akron, Ohio. And uh, I was uh, in a family of uh, six children. And uh, my parents, uh, my dad was a school teacher. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And my dad took me to 
um, the mistake by the lake up there in Cleveland. And uh, I saw uh, the old Yankees play. I, I, uh, I saw Mickey Mantle play, uh, Yogi Berra, Elston Howard, uh, Ryan wow. Dern, Ryan Dern, yeah. Uh, doubleheaders were big back in, in those days. You go back and look at the old box scores back in the late 50s, early 60s. I mean, those guys played like six or seven uh, doubleheaders every season. And, and no the, seven inning doubleheaders either. They played whole nine <laughs> no, innings. They played, they played real doubleheaders. Let's <laughs> not ruin my night. <laughs> and there was no nets either, you know. There was no nets out there anyway. Uh, and, and, they, and they played with the same ball one whole inning sometimes. You know? <laughs> wow. And and when, the, when a guy slid, you might see a guy ending up in left field, you know. That was back when I played. But, uh, no, they've changed the game some, but we, we can't let it detract from uh, the reason why we're all here is because our dads, our uncles, our grandpas, yeah. uh, they, they, they taught us how to play catch, and they, and they taught us uh, how to love the game. And even though some of us uh, didn't play as long as we wanted, uh, I was one of the lucky ones I snuck through. I played um, uh, uh, professional baseball for, for 16 years. Uh, some of it I was underpaid. Some of it people say I might have been overpaid. But regardless, um, I, I was able to get in as a rookie at age 29 with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Bob Lemon was my first manager in Chicago. And then I played for uh, Larry Doby next. I played for Don Kessinger, who played shortstop. When I played second base, I played with my manager. And then uh, La Russa took over for Kessinger. And I played Antonio La Russa's first win in Toronto in 1979. Uh, his first major league win, and then uh, luckily I got traded to Kansas City and played for the great Dick Hauser, who you guys all know because he managed the Yankees um, to 103 wins in 19 yeah. in 1980, and got yeah. fired. He got fired. <laughs> so, so hey, all of our jobs are in jeopardy right now. You can always get <laughs> yeah the good old George Steinbrenner back in the day. The things he would do. Yeah, yeah. you're something. Well, I got a call. I, I got a call in '76 uh, or '70. Uh, excuse me, uh, February '77. I was expecting to to go to the major league camp for the Rangers, and I got a call from uh, uh, Dan O'Brien, the GM of the Rangers, and uh, he said, "Prior, we just traded you to the New York Yankees." And I'm, it was like a sh the biggest, one of the biggest shocks of my life to go from uh, the Rangers to the Yankees. And he said, "Yeah, Gabe Paul is going to be calling you in a few minutes." And I'm, I'm trying to process this. I'm, I'm going to go to Yankee spring training with Reggie and Thurman and Catfish. And, <laughs> and I, 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 I was asking myself, am, am I going to be able to handle this? Yogi Berra and Elston Howard hitting me ground balls. You got to be thinking, is this real life? Is, <laughs> is this really happening to me? Right? Uh, it, 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 gets, it gets a lot worse than that. That's about the, that's the good part. <laughs> the bad part. The bad part is that Billy kind of, uh, he didn't like uh, the Yankees trading Sandy Alomar Sr. for me. Sandy Alomar Sr. was on the uh, 76 Yankees that uh, they, they won the American League pennant and lost to the Reds in the, in the World Series in 76. And I go to spring training uh, not knowing that. And I got seven at-bats the whole spring, and they sent me to AAA, and they made me cut my mustache. And that's why um, the title of my book is The Day the Yankees Made Me Shave, because it really ticked me off so much, I, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> wow. But anyway, now nah, you guys, uh, JB, go ahead, man. Take the lead there. You, what you got, Nick? You got a Nick shirt on there? Yeah, wear the Nick, the Nick shirt. I'm a Nick fan, but I just like the way this looks. Oh, uh, that's you know. okay. No, you Let's guys, that's fine. I got a Life Priority shirt on here. That's my uh, my company over here, right here. 
I told my wife I was going to do the show tonight, and you know, instead of her giving me encouragement, she said, "Greg, make, make sure you cut your nose here." You know. <laughs> so when you, you grew up in Ohio, did you grow up a Cleveland fan, or were you rooting for a different team? Yeah, it's Cleveland all the way. You know, I I, I didn't see any uh, major league. I, I spent the first five years in Florida, but uh, we moved up to Ohio and. Uh, when I saw that stadium up there with 80,000 seats uh, in 1958 or 59 for the first time, I think I was like 10 years old. Uh, I was like, wow, I, ne I never saw anything that big in my life, you know, 80,000 seats. And, and when I saw all the action going on down on that field, you know, taking infield batting practice, you know, guys were hitting balls. It was, and people were screaming. It, it was like, it was, it was, it blew my mind as a young kid to be able to be in a place that big. And, um, and, and I fell in love with the Cleveland and, Rocky Calavito, especially because, uh, you know, he could hit the long ball. And back then we, we loved home runs and, and now they love them even more now. <laughs> That's the Take it away home from run now, right? But the funny story of that about Rocky being my uh, childhood hero there. Um, he went to Polsky's department store in Akron and uh, I begged my parents to take me over there to get his autograph. He was selling autographs. And I waited like two hours for uh, to get Rocky's autograph, you know. And I, I go up to the table where he was, and I looked at him. I was very scared, and he autographed it. And he, I don't remember him smiling too much. And um, and then uh, I, I thought that was the biggest thing in my life. But uh, you know, fast forward to uh, in '82, uh, I got traded from the White Sox to the uh, uh, Royals, and he was the batting coach for the Kansas City Royals at the time. <laughs> he, and, he and Dick Hauser were pretty tight when they played for Cleveland. Uh, and um, Rocky came by my locker uh, before a game and he goes, Hey, Pryor, sign these two balls for me. <laughs> wow. So it was kind of a weird, uh, and I made him wait for a long time and he started getting mad at me. <laughs> and I never told him. I never said, yeah. And, but I finally told him, I said, Hey, Rocky, you made me wait two hours for your autograph. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was great. Uh, we had a wonderful time with Rocky, and um, I, you know, I had some wonderful batting coaches, and uh, he was he was just one of them. So, That's... quick question for you with with the Indians. So, they've just played their last home game as the Indians. Growing up an Indian fan, does that have any sentiment to you, or does it matter? Uh well, guys, is this a political show or what? <laughs> no, I mean, no. you know, I, I don't I, mind talking about I don't mind talking about this because it's your show. Um, I saw nothing wrong with Chief Wahoo. I, I, I mean, I, I loved him uh, since the day I first saw him, and I loved the Indians uh, from 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 seven years, eight years old, and for for somebody to to recently uh, making a light that it, it's offensive, it, it kind of offends me that I was liking something that I never considered offensive, and you know, there's a lot of uh, sports fans around the, the country that uh, that are not not happy with it. Uh, They'll always be the Indians to me, and uh, they can change a name all they want, but uh, it's always going to be the Indians to me. I feel the same way as you. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I mean, uh, I mean, we got the Kansas City Chiefs here. What are we going to do with our team, you know? <laughs> right. Listen, I mean, I'm a St. John's basketball fan. They were the Redmen years ago. They became the Red Storm. It's uh, a while ago now when they did that. It, it's just, it's a weird thing to get used to. And I, you know, growing up being a fan of the team years ago, just curious to see what your thought was. It's kind of sad to see an end of an era, you know. It, yeah. Let, let me add, let me add just a little bit more to this because um, 
I want uh, people that uh, agree with that change to understand a few things about what I, what I just said. Uh, in 77, I, I got sent to Syracuse out of the Yankee camp. And, uh, there was a lot of guys there that were disgruntled because on most AAA teams, the guys are trying to get to the major league team or they're trying to get out of that organization to go try somebody else. And I was one of them. I was 28. I was broke. And I, I was not happy to be in Syracuse. Well, luckily, luckily, luckily for me, uh, Gene uh, Locklear was on that team. Gene Locklear uh, had been in the big leagues with the Cincinnati Reds and the Yankees before he got sent to Syracuse. And I, I got to know Gene very well. I, I would go to his room and, and he would be painting a picture in his room. And he, he was a different guy, you know, and he was a full-blooded Lumbee Indian from North Carolina. And I, I was from North Carolina and I, I got along with Gene extremely well. We called him chief, you know, he wasn't offended by that. But anyway, um, the reason why I'm saying this is that he gave me some of the best advice of my career at that time, because uh, he knew I was going to be a free agent after the 77 season. And I told him that the Yankees uh, were uh, flying me to New York to, uh, to negotiate a contract because they heard I, could, I was going to be a free agent. And he goes, he goes, prior, don't don't sign with them because you're not going to beat out Nettles. You're not going to beat out Dent. You're not going to beat out Randolph. You need to go somewhere where somebody's going to give you a chance to play. So that was r- ringing in my ears when I got in front of Steinbrenner in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and Steinbrenner offered me a two-year contract. I mean, I was broke. I told you that already. And, um, and, and I was, like, desperate. And uh, Steinbrenner offered me a two-year guaranteed uh, salary, uh, bigger, uh, larger than the minimum, uh, to sign. And um, he, he thought he thought he had me, but uh, I knew that uh, I just felt like I didn't really think the Yankees were going to give me a chance. I mean, obviously, uh, as, in retrospect, I, I might have had a '77 ring or a '78 ring. Who knows? But I told him no, and uh, he ended up calling me a dumbass for not signing. So <laughs> my face, and I uh, I played it out there in Syracuse, and uh, ended up uh, you know the rest is on my baseball card. I signed with the. White Sox played there four years and then got traded to the Royals and played here five years. Well, speaking of that, do you? I mean, do you regret not making signing that contract just because you mentioned oh you could have had a ring? I mean, I know some people are like, yeah, I want the championships. Some people want the money. Some people just want to get out there and play. And it, from what you say, it makes it sound like you just wanted to get out there and have a chance to actually play. And it wasn't about just winning championships. It was about there playing the game you love. Do you, I mean, so do you regret it all, or are you? Happy because you got to go play somewhere else and actually be on the field and play. Well, uh, you know, when I got to that clubhouse uh, in spring training in 77 and, um, you know, there's Nettles and there's uh, Paul Blair, Jimmy Wynn, you know, and I'm looking around, I'm thinking, hey, these guys are bona fide. You know, I'm not bona fide at all, except mm-hmm. I got invited. You know, I, I wore number I wore number 42, but that still didn't help me. Right. <laughs> that was the only number left. Um, I, I I don't regret it uh, at all uh, because. Uh, what it what it did for me was allow me to uh, to to get um, an agent and uh, name is Steve Greenberg, whose dad was Hank Greenberg. Uh, Hank and Bill Veck were like this for many years, uh, you know, with the, with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, Hank Greenberg was a general manager for Bill Veck, and Steve called me right after I got drafted. Um, I was in the free agent draft, and he said, "Greg, is I really think that the White Sox could use you." Let me, let me be your agent and go and negotiate a contract with the Bill Beck and the White Sox because I know them really well. You know, so if I had signed with the Yankees and, and gone up there, you know, does anybody remember the backup infielders for the 77 Yankees or the 78 Yankees? You know, no, you're right. That, that's what I'm saying. So I, I was able to um, 
get it, get kind of an apprenticeship uh, in Chicago in the infield there because they needed help in, on defense, and that was one of my strengths was some defense. So I don't regret it, even though I sit sit around and uh, think. I always root for the Yankees in a certain way, though, because, you know, I, there's one of my former teams that helped me get there. They right. really that's very cool. I, I, I respect that. You know, thank you. I know, like I said, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I just want the money, or I just want the championship." So I respect the fact they're like, "Look, I just want to play the game. I want to get yeah. out there and play." And that's to me, that's one of the most important things about a professional athlete. If an athlete goes out there and they're only playing for money, or they're only playing for yeah. championships, not for the love of the game, I don't care if you are the greatest player. I don't care if you're Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky. Any of those, I don't care. If you're only doing it for money or just championships, not the love of the game, why are you out there playing? And I, I, I hold true to that no matter what. So that's why I asked that because I think you went and did the right thing, yeah. even though, yeah, it would have been cool to have a championship. Of course it would be. I mean, as a kid, right. I'm sure you're, you're – you know, everybody dreams of winning a championship. I mean, we all did. I know we did. But I think realizing your dream by just playing the game itself is probably good enough for you at that point. It's, you know what? to be out there and actually playing is probably a little more important at that point. So I, uh, I think that's very noble of you. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. So you got to be involved in two of the craziest games in <laughs> yeah. major league history. You were part of the disco demolition in Chicago and the George Brett Pine tar game at Yankee stadium. Can you tell us a little bit about both and which one uh, sticks out to you as being, you know, more memorable? Uh, thank you uh, for the question. Um, you know, in, in uh, Comiskey, uh, before I got there, Bill Beck had a history of being like the the, the ringleader of a circus because he, he was always putting on a show any way he could. He was he, he put up uh, a uh, Eddie Gadeel, uh when he was uh, with the St. Louis Browns. He, he put up uh, a midget to to bat, uh, and he and they got, he got a walk uh, putting up a midget to bat, and it, it changed the American League rule. Uh, for, for for that you have to be a you can't be a you have to be a certain height to play major league baseball because of Bill Beck. Well, I get to Chicago, and we, we would have all kinds of, of things happen before the game. They they we we'd go through run through belly dancers before the game. Uh, they'd be, they'd be doing their things, and we'd run through the belly dancers. It was crazy. Well, this night uh, we had a doubleheader against the Tigers. Uh, we started early. I think we started the first game at like at five thirty or something. And we all knew that uh, it was uh, disco demolition night. But as players, you know, you, you're you're so uh, concentrating on the game, you don't really let the other stuff distract you, or you you won't make it. Uh, but uh, but during the first game, I was at shortstop, and and uh, the banners started uh, appearing on all around the stadium. You know, they and and for the people that are watching that might not know what this uh, this, this promotion was. Uh, the uh, son of Bill Beck, Mike Beck, uh, got together with Steve Dahl, who was a disc jockey on a local rock and roll station, and they decided they wanted to have an anti-disco night. They, they were going to blow up disco because they didn't like disco music. So anybody that would br bring a uh, 33 and a third, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a big round flat record. Uh, if you brought a, a 33 and a third in the ball game, you got in for a reduced price. And they promoted on this in rock station, and uh, un unfortunately, they they were expecting twenty thousand. But by, by the middle of the first game, in about the seventh inning, there was forty four thousand in the stands. And I, I was I, I I couldn't believe it. The, the aura the aura was not baseball oriented. I think it's the first time most of them have ever been to a major league game. They they were not watching the game. There was a buzz. <laughs> there was a buzz in the stands, and it wasn't baseball buzz. <laughs> You could even smell the buzz, you know. 
Oh, oh I can great. imagine. So, and they they were chanting "Disco sucks" during the first game. We we'd be up back. <laughs> Disco sucks, you know. So uh, they were going to uh, pile all these records up in the, in center field uh, between the, the first game and the second game. So after the first game was over, which the Tigers won, uh, I'm in the clubhouse and I was going to play shortstop uh, in the second game, and I'm at my locker and um, and our starting pitcher walked by me and uh, I looked up and I, I looked at him and I said, "Aren't you pitching, it, Kenny Craving?" He goes, "Yeah, but there's nowhere to pitch. There's nowhere to warm up. The, the field's full of people. You need to go out. And see it. You need to go out and watch." So I grabbed my pants and pulled them up and I'm running. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm running down to the dugout to uh, see what's going on out there. And uh, some of the crowd, the, the, the rural boister, boisterous ones, they were trying to storm our clubhouse. And then I, as I got near the entrance to the runway to go down to the dugout, I saw our uh, equipment manager had a bat in his hand and he had it over his head. And, and there was like eight or nine uh, young kids that were trying to come into our clubhouse from the dugout. Oh my God. And he, he goes, uh, one more step. And one of you is going to be, be going to the hospital. Just one more step. Just one of, who, who wants it. And <laughs> and they looked at him and, you know, I, and I don't think they wanted to get hit by the bat and they were, they scared. So they took off and ran away and he, he slammed the wood plank on the door and we were prisoners for like an hour and a half after that. We couldn't get anywhere. Jeez. You know, we were locked wow. in our own clubhouse and we heard the mounted police outside on the, on the concrete outside our clubhouse doors. And we, we knew some uh, bad stuff was happening, but we never knew that, you know, 25,000 people were going to be on the field. And, you know, there's videos on the internet. So uh, unfortunately they tore the field up so bad that um, we couldn't play the second game. It was forfeited to the tigers. And, wow. um, you know, that, uh, made me part of baseball history, I guess, because then uh, I thought that would be the biggest uh, weird thing that happened to me. That was in 79. No. So then in, 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 in 83, I'm in Yankee stadium and uh, it's another n- normal Sunday day game, uh, Sunday afternoon in Yankee stadium. Uh, we were, we were, we were losing the game in the seventh inning. And um, I looked up and uh, you know, uh, we had both catchers in the game. Here comes a manager walking toward me, and he goes, "Hey, Pryor, he goes, I need you in the bullpen." And I had never been in the bullpen my whole career uh, up until this time. So here I'm walking across because we had both catchers in the game. They, he wanted uh, two pitchers pitching in the bullpen, so I had to go out and warm up a left-hander. I walked across left field in Yankee Stadium, and I thought it was kind of fun in a way to get out of the dugout and and go across the monument. So I'm up in the bullpen in. Uh, left field there at Yankee Stadium, warming up a left-hander when uh, George Brett comes up with two outs, man on first, and we're down by one run, and Gossage is pitching, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we kind of, like, hesitated to see what would happen. We, we uh, you know, everybody was sitting there watching. All of a sudden, the ball goes off of George's bat out in the right field, and, and we knew it from looking out there in the left field. We knew that the ball was going to be over the fence, so we're all excited because we've got a run, run lead. Well, uh, I was getting ready to go back and – because, you know, we're, we were going to have to play the bottom of the ninth because he, he, we're, we're up by one run. Well, unfortunately, um, Billy and, uh, and Greg Nettles uh, knew, uh, talked about it. And, uh, and, and after George hit that home run, Billy comes out and he told the umpires that he thought George was using uh, an illegal bat. So they measured the bat. They, they, they ruled on, in Billy's favor. Uh, Tim McClellan walks over to the dugout, which everybody's probably seen a, a lot of times where he, he called George, George out and George leaped off the dugout and comes out and just about <laughs> knocks McClellan over. 
And uh, we, we were not happy in, a, in, the, in the bullpen. I was kind of happy because I wouldn't have to warm up any more pitchers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we collected all of our stuff in the bullpen, and we're walking across uh, left field. And, and George is – when I got to the dugout, George is still in the dugout. That's how long it lasted. We weren't running. We were walking slow. Well, George was in the dugout, and there's a video of me carrying my catcher's glove back into the dugout that I borrowed from somebody. So I get into the uh, dugout, and I, I, did, I didn't bother George uh, at that time. And then I was locker next to him. So we were up in the uh, clubhouse, and uh, by the time I got to my locker, I, I looked at uh, like 50 reporters were around George's locker waiting for him to come in so they could interview him. And I knew I couldn't get near my locker. So I sat for like 30 minutes waiting <laughs> for the reporters to come away from my locker so I could get undressed. And uh, and I walked over there and George was sitting next to me, he had his head down. And I, I, I said, hey, I said, what's wrong? You know, sometimes you have to get over stuff pretty quick in baseball. Sure. He looks at me, he goes, what do you mean? He's I lost a home run. We lost the game. I said, hey, George, <laughs> I said, get look at the bright side, dude. I said, some pine tar company is going to come at you and give you 150 grand to endorse their pine tar. Right. Money off of this. He there goes, go. what a great idea. He starts laughing. <laughs> and he goes, where are we going to go eat? That's a great idea. <laughs> in a good mood. Let's go. That's great. That <laughs> so, is fantastic. So uh, as, as most people know, they, uh, they overturned that uh, ruling. Uh, we had to go back in on an off day, which we weren't happy about. Uh, and I, we landed in Newark, and I knew I was going to be at third base because George got thrown out uh, along with Hauser and Calavito and uh, Gaylord Perry. And uh, I knew I was going to be at third base to, to, to start the bottom of the ninth. Actually, there was still two out in the, in the top of the ninth. Hal McRae was going to hit after George. So Hal McRae made it out, and Quisenberry came in and shut him down. We, we dressed. We, we got him out three three outs in a row. Uh, Billy tried to come out and uh, – and, and, and say that one of the runners, when George hit the home run, didn't touch a base, but all the all the uh, umpires had a, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, when you ratify a, a legal document saying that all the runners touched the bases. <laughs> so uh, so we uh, we finished the game and uh, went back to Newark and flew to, ball, flew to Baltimore and played the next night. <laughs> played for, for what, like five minutes, right? Oh, yeah. Not- <laughs> yeah, it was, never- it was the weirdest thing. I mean, there, nobody in the stands. I think they sold tickets for 75 cents a piece if people wanted to come. I never forget. I, wa- I was a young kid watching the game. Uh, Phil Rizzuto was announcing, and I think Bill White, if I remember correctly. And I've never seen a, an athlete get that upset. And I mean, poor Brent was outside his head. He was so upset. You know, and it was the strangest thing. It was like one of the greatest things to watch as a Yankee fan at young age. Oh, I was like nine at the time. I was like so happy. Then at the protest, and you guys won the protest. I remember the game on a random day. You know, watch it. I'm like, we're going to lose this game. Well, you know, and then, uh, in retrospect, uh, the, the, the correct uh, decision that they, the umpire should have made in that circumstance there is it was to uh, let the game finish the way it was. Don't over, don't overturn the bat. Let the game finish. And if the Yankees wanted to appeal, they could have sent it back to New York. And 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 the um, Lee McPhail could have made his decision. And it, we wouldn't have had to go back in to finish the game because, exactly. you know, there's a lot of Yankee fans that think that that pine tar made the ball go over the fence. But believe me, I, I, I based on my career home run record, pine tar did not make balls go over the fence. Right. Uh, no. You know, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it was, but uh, there again, here I go. I played in two of the weirdest games in the history of baseball. And I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm the only major leaguer that played in both of those games. So I, I do. I'm a trivia question. If you guys want to use it on <laughs> 
Who's the now, only guy that's ever been in the two weirdest games in all of baseball? Uh, the answer might be uh, Greg Pryor. That's the only guy. And then, so now the 85 World Series, a great World Series. You guys are the Royals against the Cardinals. Um, you know, obviously, we, we know how great your team was. The Royals uh, ended up winning. But tell us a little bit about the series, because that was probably one of my favorite World Series growing up watching, besides the ones that I've seen with the Yankees, of course. Um, you know, but. Well, you can see that. You can see my trophy right behind me here. That's uh, one of my prized possessions because they they let us buy a replica. It's got my name on it, and I never thought I I never thought I'd get in the big leagues. You know, we're talking about somebody uh, sitting here that uh, never planned on uh, being a major league player, a minor league player, uh, or, or a college player. I was a walk on at college, so it was a a long way for me to get to a World Series team, but. Uh, luckily for me, I got traded in 82 to a team that had been in the playoffs quite a bit. Uh, Royals had some great teams back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, we won our division in 84, and uh, we lost to the Tigers uh, in the playoffs, and then they beat the Padres in the 84 World Series. But the next season, uh, John Sherholz made great uh, trades during the season. I mean, they get, we got Lonnie Smith, who, who became a real integral part of our, our, our season. Uh, Willie Wilson went down in September, and John Sherholtz traded for uh, Omar Marino, and he drove in 13 runs in September to, to fill in for Willie. So we, we and then Balboni uh, goes off and uh, sets a Royals record at the time of 36 home runs. Uh, and then we had the young pitching, uh, you know, with the young Saberhagen at 20 years old, uh, came up and uh, and played better than he should have as a pitcher, uh, and he wasn't intimidated at all. So and then we had Quisenberry and Frank White at second, and and but we we also got Sunberg over the winter. Uh, Don Slot, um, I think Don, I, I think he, I don't know what team uh, Don went. I think he went to Pittsburgh. And we got Sunberg, who was the six-time Gold Glover uh, behind the plate to handle this young pitching, and uh, it it all came together. And um, we uh, we got down in the playoffs uh, uh, against Toronto. We got down three games to one, and then we won three games against Toronto, uh, which has I don't know if that's ever been done before. And then we got down three games to one to the Cardinals, and uh, we we won the, the Sunday day game in uh, St. Louis to make it three to two. And then uh, the, the greatest game that I've ever seen in, in, in uh, Kauffman Stadium, uh, it was then Royal Stadium, uh, was game number six where we were down one nothing in the bottom of ninth, and we uh, had a two-run rally uh, to win the game 2-1 uh, to one in, the, in the bottom of ninth, um, thanks to Don Deckinger, who made the right call at first base, you know. And um, and then uh, and the next day we we smoked them 11 nothing. So it was, it was uh, quite the uh, – drain on, on the emotions because um, I, I write about a lot about the game number six in my book. I, I really explain everything that was happening in the clubhouse and what happened to, to cause us to win game six uh, and went into a lot of detail because there's a lot of things that happen in games um, before the end of the game that you forget about. Like, like in, in, the, in the, I think it was the bottom of the first inning, uh, George was up at, in game number six. Uh, with a man on third base and one out, and uh, and uh, the the National League umpire uh, called him out on a strike three, which uh, George hardly ever argued with umpires. Uh, that's one thing I give him so much credit for. He never he never showed umpires up, and I don't know how guys um, think they can do it these days because you know I I don't mind. I, I almost got thrown out of one major league game because I argued with an umpire, but he deserved it, you know. But th th see these guys. <laughs> These guys nowadays, they, they start complaining in the first inning, and these umpires are human. But but this uh, National League umpire called George out, and he just glanced back at him, and he walked back to the dugout. And on replay, if you go back and look at it, uh, it was a ball. 
And, uh, you know, so we lost a run there in uh, the sixth game in the first inning. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. And, and uh, as I said, in my book, uh, I, I devote one of my chapters to that, uh, that the game six, because I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted people to understand it from a, a player's point of view. And I, I tried to co- I come up with every fact I could about game six. And I put my book back there. If you see my book there. The- you want to, you want to bring it forward so everyone can see it? What's that? No, I got, I got one right here. Let me let me open oh, it. Oh, look at that. He's all prepared. I love I it. I have one here, you know? Beautiful. That's wonderful. I, wow. I love that. I love that you're able to uh, try and bring that perspective that fans can't get unless somebody like you brings that to light. I I respect that, and I love that as, yeah. a, as a baseball purist. Well, you know, uh, fortunately, I'll be uh, I'll be 72 uh, next October 2nd, so I'm, I'm kind of proud of my brain. Uh, because I, I can remember all these things. And in fact, uh, I had George autograph my book, uh, one of my books, uh, and, and he goes, Prior, you got a really good memory. I said, that was a long time ago. And uh, it, this book came about because um, I should have sent you the picture. My grandpa played um, uh, in uh, 1912 uh, for a team in Duffy, Ohio, and I have a picture of my grandpa. Um, and that's all I had of my grandpa. So uh, to your point, uh, I, uh, I wanted to write these stories out because, you know, the history of the game is so important. That's why I told you earlier that we guys, we, we have to protect it. And I know, I know we care about the game now, and I know this is a long time ago, but the, these stories are going to last forever, and especially in my book. So if they get my – they can go to my uh, website. You want to put up that screen yeah. again real quick? Yeah, give me one second. They can go there, and uh, I'll give them a code to use. If they want to save on shipping, uh, they can use HOF. Uh, it stands for Hall of Fame. Uh, in in the code, and I'll send, I'll ship it for free, and in in the book I'll give them. Uh, yeah, there it is, right there. Uh, GregoryPrior.com. It'll go right to my book, and uh, if they use the the code uh, letters uh, HOF, uh, I'll, I'll I'll ship it on my on my dime, and then I'll autograph it personally to them, and then uh, I I also send a card here in in my books with uh, twenty one tips on how to be a better player on the back, and then I. Uh, uh, if if they're really lucky, I'll I'll send out a card. I I got all these cards. I got thirty seven baseball cards, and I don't know what to do with them. So uh, order the book. Uh, I'll get the card for you, and then uh, I'll send a brochure uh, that uh, explains a little bit about what I do for a living, which is my nutritional company. And um, so so come on, Yankee fans, learn learn some history of baseball. Order the book, and I'll send you uh, send you some presents. Now, is your uh, is your company on your website on GregoryPrior.com as well? Uh, no, it's that my company is at LifePriority.com right here. Okay. And uh, let me uh, just show you a couple products. Here Certainly. Because, you know, hey, th- if this goes uh, worldwide, it'll help everybody's brain. There's two product, There's two products that I uh, I offer. One is called mm-hmm. Lift. They can see that. Yep. Yeah. And the other one's called Mind. Mind. Okay. Now, one of them helps with mental energy. One of them helps with mental clarity, and that's why. Here's, I can, here's his website, by the way, just so everybody right. can see it. That's why I can sit and talk to you guys right now because <laughs> every thought in your brain is controlled by neurotransmitters. If you haven't learned it by now, it's to learn it tonight. Every thought is controlled by neurotransmitters, and if you put in the right things to help neurotransmitters. You can do these shows and have no problem. So let's go. 
I love that. Gets all the I, energy. I think that's fantastic that you want to help people better themselves and uh, live a longer and healthier and happier life. I mean, I, I respect that. And I think that yeah. that's fantastic well, that I, you're able to try and bring that to people and help them out. I appreciate that a lot because, uh, you know, when I first got in the industry in 1991, I've been, I've been in the industry for 30 years. I, I really didn't want to sell anything. I hated salespeople. I, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't like salespeople at all, <laughs> but here I am a salesman. And I'm happy with myself. Okay, so so be nice to the salesmen in your lives. <laughs> and then uh, one of the uh, that the that lift also comes in capsules. This is one of our best sellers. Uh, two of these capsules on an empty stomach will put you in a good mood for like four to six hours. It was created by a genius that I've been with since 1991. And recently, uh, last product, guys, and we'll go back to baseball. Uh, this product here is called V Guard Two, mm-hmm. and. Uh, if 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 you can read that slowly, yep. V Guard Two. I guess yep. what that's for. Well, you, you go to my website, read about these products, and uh, I think that uh, you'd be glad you did because I've been helping thousands of people since uh, since 1991 uh, live a happier, healthier life. And if you guys aren't taking supplements, uh, I hope you consider it. Okay. You got it. Certainly. Absolutely. Okay. So all right, back to baseball. Get, get it back to baseball. So you played with George Brett. You were on the the Yankees with. You know, Reggie, uh, Thurman, um, you were in Chicago. So who were some of your favorite teammates that you had? Uh, I was getting ready to say I couldn't wait uh, for this time of the year because in October you want to get away from everybody. You're so tired of being around them, you know. <laughs> perfect perfect question, JB. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, when you go to a major league uh, team like I did, uh, uh, you look around at, uh, for the veterans, uh, because, uh, you know, back in my day, uh, you respected the veterans. And I think that a lot of uh, major league teams are, are causing that to happen now because uh, I saw where uh, Brandon Belt is uh, called the captain. He's the captain of the Giants. And, and yep. they, have a, they, they, uh, they indoctrinate rookies on the Giants and they make them dress in funny costumes. And, and they, on a flight recently, they dressed them all up like little sailor boys. And Brandon <laughs> Belt was dressed. Brandon, the rookies were, and Brandon Belt was dressed up like the captain, right? It was so wow. cool. It was a great picture. It's on the internet somewhere. But when I got to the big, when I got to uh, my first big league spring training, um, I, um, I I had injured my back because I was working so hard. I, I tinged my back, and I didn't want to tell the trainer. So I, I showed up early to get into Whirlpool. And uh, I'm in the Whirlpool like at 7.30. I didn't think anybody would be there because we didn't have to be dressed to like 9.30. So I'm in there in a whirlpool, and here comes a guy with a cigar and a, and a, a magazine, and he had a, a towel around him. And I, I had never met him before, but I, I knew who he was. Greg, real quick, one sec. I just wanted to show, because you were talking about this. <laughs> I found it first. How great is that? That is very funny. I haven't seen this. <laughs> I love so That's what baseball's all that. about. I mean, you got to have fun in I baseball. Didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. No. I want to hear it, but I had to find this picture. I was like, all right. The moment you said it, I was like, all right, I got to find this and show it because this is great. But you're right. This is, is awesome. what you gotta, this is what you love to see. I, I love this <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, I wish that my one of my, some of my teams would have done that. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's great. But here, here's my version of of that. That I'm getting ready to finish here. This guy looks at me, Jim Fergosi, and he goes, "Are you a rookie?" I said, "Yes." He said, "I'm Jim Fergosi, and I'm not." He says, "I want you to get your." He says, "I'm going to get your ass out of that whirlpool right now. This is for bona fide players." Okay. So wow. So I got 
I got right out of the whirlpool. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any different. I, I respected him. He's he, he in the big leagues, you know. But uh, back to your question, JB, I, I guess um, some of the players that I really liked, uh, and there was a whole, so many of them. I mean, uh, I, I hate to leave anybody out because over this shoulder back there is the 78 White Sox. And I had some of the closest friends on that team, and Jim Morrison, uh, who went in to play for the, the Pirates. Uh, Eric Soderholm was on that team. Ron Bloomberg was on that team. Uh, Frank Francisco Barrios, um, uh, Don Kessinger, uh, the Claudel Washington. I mean, I had so many wonderful memories of playing with the bona fide guys. But um, I guess when I got to Kansas City uh, and I got number four on my ring here, my World Series ring, and I got number four because uh, when I got traded to the Royals, I didn't like them at all because, you know, we had a White Sox and the Royals had a rivalry. And I hated yep. the Royals. I hated the Royals yep. so bad. So when I got traded in March of 82 to Kansas City, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Kansas City? I don't like any of those guys. So, so I, uh, John Scherholz uh, met me uh, after right after I traded. He was a GM of the Royals, and he goes, "Greg, can you show up here tomorrow morning?" I said, "I'll be back tomorrow morning with my uh, my stuff." And I got traded in Fort Myers, uh, and I went back to Sarasota where the White Sox were training. And then the next morning, I showed up in a clubhouse uh, in uh, Fort Myers, and uh, here I walk into a clubhouse where I didn't like anybody. Imagine the feeling. So I'm trying to answer JB's question. Um, so I walked in and, um, I expected somebody to walk up to me and say, Hey, prior, we're glad you're here. Pat me on the back, whatever. Nobody said a word to me. <laughs> I, I was sitting there like a zombie. Where was I going to go? Like throw my bag in a locker that I shouldn't throw it in. So I just kind of stood there and eventually the equipment manager saw me and he walks over to me, Al Zeke. And he goes, prior, take that locker. And he goes, give me the number you want because we're going to Baltimore in a week. I gotta get it. I gotta get your uniforms made. And I'm thinking, wow, that's cool. And he, I said, I don't, I don't care what number I get. I, I really didn't. I, I, you know, I would have worn 99. I didn't care. Uh, but uh, Jamie Quirk, who I knew from Instructional League, runs over. He goes, Pryor, I heard they traded for you. He goes, uh, is Al uh, asking you for a number? I said, yeah, he wants me to give him a number. He goes, take number four. I said, why? He says, because you'll lock her next to George Brett. I said, <laughs> George Brett? I hate George Brett. <laughs> So I took number four. So I'm, I'm out walking after I got dressed on the field and, and Brett walks up to me and, and uh, he goes, prior, he says, we trade for you. I said, yeah, last night. I says, Hey, let me ask you a question. Whenever I played in Comiskey park, whenever I played in the Royal stadium, I get on second or third base. And he says, how come you never come over and said hi to me or anything? You never said one word to me. I said, because George, I didn't like you at all. And I didn't like none of your teammates. <laughs> So to, to piggyback on that, I have a question. What do you think of players today being, if you watch any sport, they're extremely friendly, basketball, baseball. I have a problem with that. I have a, I don't have a problem with them being friends off the field, but I have a problem with players not disliking each other anymore. I, I'm the type of sports fan and baseball fan that likes you hating the other team, you hating everybody in your division with a passion, the Kobe Bryant type where you just don't like anybody because you're there to beat them. You're not there to be their friend. If you want to be their friend off the field, that's fine. But on the field and game time, they, they're your enemy. What do you think about players not having that mindset so much anymore? 
I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. And uh, let me uh, tell you why, uh, because um, to get to where I got as a, as a guy that made 50 errors in a ball one year, I considered it a big honor for me to uh, compete and uh, have, try to help my city win no matter where I was, whether it was Rocky Mount or whether it was in Comiskey Park. I, I was there to win and I had it in uh, stilled in me and my dad, you know, he he uh, he saw the, the potential in me and I dedicated my book to my dad. And uh, when I got to big leagues, um, I looked at uh, I had I had friends uh, like I got traded uh, to um, Kansas City and I had friends on the White Sox when I went back in there. And, and I thought, think so much like you do that I never, I never uh, went over uh, and, and talked to them before the game. And I never was that friendly with them when they got on the base. And it wasn't because I didn't like them. It's because there's a difference between liking somebody and competing with them and trying to beat them. And uh, as someone who's been hit in the head before, um, I knew that uh, eventually that I'd probably uh, get in some skirmishes in the big leagues because they happen. The White Sox and the Tigers had one yesterday. And I've been in skirmishes uh, in, in the big leagues before, right in the middle of them. Uh, that's a story for my second book. But, um, but I, I uh, always thought that if I got too friendly uh, with the players on the other team, that um, I, I, it, it, I just didn't want to be two-faced about it. I, I wanted them to think that I was a real jerk. I, I didn't care what they thought of me. I knew what I thought of them because I wanted to beat them. And I knew that they were trying to beat me. And it was nothing about friendship. So when I got out of the game and I saw these guys palling around the batting cage and, you know, they, they might have played winter ball together, you know. Uh, if I was a manager, I think in the big leagues, and I don't, I think it's beyond hope now because they're, they're going to be friendly now. They sit and talk to each other uh, uh, in the infield. They get on second base and they start talking. First thing they do is start talking to each other. Yep. I, I, if I was a manager in the big leagues, I'd say, look, I don't like you talking to other players. I don't. I don't yep. want you fraternizing before or after the game's over. If you want to go out and drink beer with them after the game or eat with them, do it. But don't do it in front of me, please. I'm just yep. asking you not to do it. I can't stop you. You know, I'm not going to make an issue of it, but I'm going to let you know. And if I see you and, and you're smiling after a loss with your buddy on the other team, I, I, I'm not going to like it. That's how and, I feel. You know, you know, I, and I played for La Russa, who's never smiled in his whole life, I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. So that brings up a question I have about Tony. So, I mean, Tony has been managing for okay. many years now. He's had success pretty much wherever he goes. From playing for him and seeing him now, what's the secret to his success? Well, you know, it's a good question there because uh, when he came in, uh, he was 38. Uh, wait, he was 34, 35 uh, in uh, 79. And, I, and he had spent 13 years in the Meyer Leagues. Let me repeat that. Tony DeRusa spent parts of 13 seasons in the Meyer Leagues as a player. Wow. Okay, fine. I spent seven years in the Meyer Leagues, and I thought that was pretty cool. You know, <laughs> that wasn't. T Tony had a in, uh, instinct for the game that was uh, given to him in the Meyer Leagues, and he wasn't good enough to 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 get to the big league. He played a little bit with Oakland, but he, he he's not going to. He he couldn't he couldn't make the big leagues because he right, wasn't. Right. So when he came in as a manager in. Uh, in uh, 79 there in, in Comiskey, I had already played for Bob Lemon. I already played for Larry Doby. I played for Don Kessinger. And, and uh, I was like, who is this guy? You know, he never played in the big leagues. Well, Tony was so green. It was, a, it was a good hire by Bill Beck. Don't get me wrong, but he was so green that um, 
uh, he he when he was going to go out and argue uh, a play on the field, he would get as a rookie manager. He would look at the bench on his way out, and he would look at me and Jim Sunberg, and he'd go or Jim uh, Morrison. He go, was he out or safe? Was he out or safe? He he didn't know what he was going <laughs> to argue before he went out there. He was <laughs> on his way out, and I'm like, wow. wait a minute, I've never seen a manager like look for the answer on from the bench. So, but. Wow. But when he uh, when he uh, uh, when he was managing, uh, he was about as intense of a manager as I've ever uh, played for. Uh, he he was going to defend his players as much as any manager, and, and you know what I mean by defending your players. Uh, look what he did yesterday. You know that's that's vintage Tony Larusa. You know he uh, you know Abreu got hit with an O2 pitch, and 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 uh, the, the Tigers were are down around. They're not going to hit him on purpose. But Abreu has been hit twenty some times. But Tony. Uh, took it to the next level. He he wanted a warning. Uh, he wanted the umpires to warn the other. So so I I give I would be I probably would have been maybe just as bad as Tony because if if I'm a player and I, I and I know that my manager is not going to stand up for me, uh, he he's not. I, I hate to say the word revenge, but there's a lot of revenge in baseball. That's uh, like oh it slipped out of my hand. Uh, I'm sorry it hit him in the eye. You know the underwritten yeah. rules. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> these guys have to be politicians because they want to save their money and they don't want to get suspended. Right. But, but uh, that's the tough part of the game. Uh, and Tony La Russa, uh, has been uh, that kind of manager and, and it rubs off. It rubs yeah. when, when you know, your manager is protecting your butt uh, and protecting other players. It, it might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a next till next season. But Tony Russo is going to—he's going to let you know that he remembered what you did to one of his players, and and he's going to—he's—I I think that he's—and um, I respect him for it in a certain way, but in another way, sometimes I wonder if it's uh, if if managers uh, go overboard with uh, getting revenge. But uh, back to your qu- question, uh, Tony, uh, uh, Tony won in Chicago in '83, and and that was great for the Chicago fans. Uh, he won in Oakland. And people might say, well, he had all them guys that were injecting before the games. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how many guys were. I, I mean, we all guessed that Kenseiko was, you know, because <laughs> it, it, was, it was obvious that Kenseiko was. I mean, he, he, he looked like a Halloween character. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony goes to St. Louis and he wins there. And now he comes back after five years and the White Sox – Hired him after uh, he's had some difficulties in his life, and when he when he, when they hired him, I was I was happy for him because I think he was doing it for the right reasons. I don't think he was doing it for the money, and I think he did it because he still had that fire in his belly because he he never got out of baseball. Tony went to work for the uh, Arizona. Uh, he went for work for uh, Boston. They went went to work for Arizona, and then uh, then he then he get, gets the job there in um, in. Um, in Chicago, and I was so happy they did that because, as a guy in his seventies, anybody that does anything in baseball at age seventy-six makes me feel younger. You know, <laughs> I was so happy for him. And then I, I sometimes I'm on some White White Sox uh, Facebook pages, and I'm I see these uh, uh, people make a snide comments about somebody something that somebody did off off the the uh, uh, the field that that the disparaging comments about it and like like they've never been in trouble before like you've never like you've never done something that that tony might have done before right so take so i was so happy that they won this division so if there's any white Sox fans listening right now that that thought tony la russa was what he was not 
and he's never been that. He, he might have had some trouble, but so what? Uh, your team won the division. You should be happy and apologize. It's a nice way to prove yep. them wrong, right? You should be apologizing, yep. you White Sox fans. Yeah. So Craig, in the background, I'm seeing a bat. Can you show us the bat back there? Oh, this bat here? Yes. We'll wrap well, up with this one real quick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I sell them. I sell them to take it out because it's one of my uh, favorite uh, pieces of of hardware. Because um, I was sitting on the bench in uh, 1986, and uh, George wow. Brett was sitting next to me, and he borrowed this bat to get his 2,000th hit. Wow! You see wow. that on there? Can you read oh, it? That's awesome. And uh, and. <laughs> You might say to yourself, "Why would George Brett borrow your bat, Prior? Look at your career. <laughs> look at your career average. You know, I, I think that if Charlie Lee Brandt was sitting next to George, he would have asked Charlie to borrow a bat. Anyway, um, I looked to my right. I thought he was talking to the guy next to me. No, I said, "You want to borrow my bat?" He goes, "Yeah." He says, I, 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 "None of my bats feel good." I said, "Look, I, I uh, borrowed Frank White's bat because my bats don't feel good." And I, I have a Frank White bat down there. It's a dark bat with tape on the handle. And I said, I think it's I think it's a great bat. It's a K-48. So I looked up. He's on deck swinging Frank White's bat, where it's really my bat. I stole it out of Frank's locker. And um, he, he, George put his donut on there, and he's getting loose with this donut. And he gets a base set up the middle. He breaks my bat, Frank's bat. And he's standing at first base, and they stop the game. And I looked at the scoreboard. It was his 2,000th hit. I'm thinking, Holy crap! Wow. I'm the only one. I'm the only one in the stadium to know that you borrowed my bat. You know, so after the game, uh, which we won in 13th inning, I went in the game later. I was two for two. He was one for seven, and um, I go up to his locker with his bat. And I said, George, I was going to give it to him. I said, George, you need to keep this, man. You know, that's that's like averaging 200 hits for 10 straight years. <laughs> that's that's that amazing. Yeah. So he goes. He goes. I can't believe I use that piece of crap bat. I, I. I. I'm glad I broke it. I can't believe I used that bat because George never used dark bats. I said, Well, how about your wife? If you get married, maybe she'll want it. He's. I ain't never getting married. I said, How about your kids? He's. I ain't never having kids either. I said, Would you sign it to me? So I ran over, and got a gold pen, and he autographed the 2000th hit, George Brett. And you guys just saw it on your show. That's amazing. That's that's, that's like. I love it. <laughs> that's that's well, a great only, story. Only time he ever borrowed my bet. You'd think he'd borrow my bet every game, wouldn't you? You'd right? think he'd want to, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, I mean, it, it was an honor again having you. I have a lot of fun every time we talk. I definitely look forward to speaking to you, with you in the future. Yes. Um, thank you. Yes, Greg, thank you for being here. Really, yeah, Thank you guys, man. You, you, it was an absolute honor for, yeah. for all three of us. Absolute, absolute honor. Yeah, I got awesome. more stories. You guys uh, run out of talent. I got more stories. <laughs> I would love to well, have you come back once. 100% circle back to you. Yes. Because if our if another conversation was anything like this, I would love to. I could listen to you talk again. for hours. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank JB. He's the catalyst. JB, <laughs> that's what he does. And Thanks, uh, you guys, one more, more, more plug for the book. Yeah. Gregorysquire.com. Use HOF as a code. I'll ship it to you for free. I'll autograph it to you. And then uh, go to lifepriority.com and clean up your life. Use Life Priority products. You'll feel better. you look better like me, you know? Yes. Okay. One more time. Here's the book for Greg. Yes. There you go. Go check yeah. it out. Thanks, right, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Greg. it. Have a good night. All right. See you, Greg. Have a great night, Greg. All right. So, guys, that was Greg Pryor. World that was awesome. champion. That was amazing. Yankee, Royal, White Sox, Texas Ranger. George Brett's 2000 hit. Absolutely. Disco 
demolition game, time car game. I mean, that's a lot for an hour. If you're not <laughs> watching this show, I don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. But now we go from the past to the more recent past of this past Sunday. Absolutely. Now we got gonna, we got a whole lot more to go. I mean, I'm going to start with a little subsection of New Jersey where two New York teams play. Oh, and yep. six so far, guys. Oh, and six. Yeah, things don't do, look great. Do any of them have a shot to win a game? When will, I mean, the Giants have lost to Atlanta and Washington, two games they should have won. You know, so they should be two and one right now. The Jets look horrible. They're scoring less points per week. Zach Wilson, he's seeing ghosts. He's, you know, he's getting the same Darnold treatment. So, you know, his. I'm not going to say Joe Judge is the problem, but what's going on in, in the Meadowlands? Well, let me, let me start with this. So, gentlemen, I told you I was at the game this weekend, and the game stunk. But I was looking was, for you when I was there, watching. I there was, was looking... a positive. First of all, I got myself a nice little Eli Manning bobblehead. Nice. With two Super Bowl rings. I don't know if you can see that. Really oh, that's well. cool. So it was cool, and I will say the ceremony was very cool. It was very fun. Did they give uh, them out to the fans, or did you have to buy no, that? Nope they were t- they were the first twenty five thousand fans, I believe. Oh, nice! To enter the stadium, so I luckily I got myself one. Game was terrible, but I got to tell you, I mean, I mean, you got to was, see, uh, you got I, to be there for halftime. That's what's that's important. all that that's all I cared about. Yeah. I mean, winning would have been nice, but uh, you know, I'll say this: like I said, the game stunk itself. It was terrible. It was a, a pitiful loss, and they looked terrible. But with that said, the game was really fun. And the halftime, yeah. I got to tell you, growing up watching Eli, that's my guy. That's he, He's my Derek Jeter for football, right? He's my guy that I grew up watching. He was my favorite person, and to see him out there was awesome. And the fans, oh, the oh, I'll talk about that in a minute because that was amazing. But he uh, followed up his guys, his halftime Hall but, of Fame, you know, but, type oh, of thing. But, the, team, but, but the fans, that was the best part. I mean, the stadium erupted. I couldn't hear a word he said for half of it because people were just so excited. So you know, we'll, we'll talk about the games in a minute, and I know it was not good, but I will say it was really it was heartwarming. It it almost brought a tear to my eye. I was so happy. You know, I was. So it was great to see him just get the recognition that he deserves. And and I know there are a lot of fans that say, oh, Eli stunk all these years. And it was nice to see him just have one moment for him really just to himself. And uh, it was really cool. And I'm not sure if you saw after he gave a speech, they actually had uh, Plaxico Burris on the field and uh, David Tyree. Actually, not Plaxico Burris. Mario Manningham and David Tyree, and they yeah. reenacted his like two best throws. Yeah, Manningham sideline and the Tyree helmet catch. It was it was really pretty awesome, and all the all the people that were on the field were wearing ten jerseys for him. Yep. It was a very cool ceremony. So, and then to Mr. Mizek, this might have been my favorite thing I've ever seen Eli do. Uh, was Eli flipped off the camera twice? He gave the, the double bird. All. I'm giving this is of course not my middle finger. This is I'm not actually flipping off, but that's what he did. Look, you might want to call it unprofessional, but man, was it funny. It was it, it so was hysterical. Funny. I mean, that is hysterical. that's what makes that broadcast so I'm glad my it, child wasn't watching that because that was unprofessional well, and it's a family it really network. Funny. Okay, you're not watching the something Eli we wouldn't and, do here on sideline sports. Not, but, no, but, but you're not watching funny. Eli and Peyton for a professional broadcast. You're if right. that is the case, you're watching the regular ESPN channel with Mike Tarico. 
Well, if you're on ESPN, I expect a little bit more out of no, that. Right, but it's ESPN no, no, no. too. So th- th- their job is to have some fun with it. And I will say he has some fun with it. Yeah, I still think it's uh, like watching paint dry. Uh, well, you have. I'm the only one in the world, but I, I don't like it. I don't care for the Eli and, and that's fine, John, but you show. You are basically on your own with that one, I think. Yeah. And that's fine. But it, it, that was very funny. And I, I, I was going to bring that up later, but that was that was one of my favorite things I have ever seen in my entire life. That was All right, guys. So we're going to just bring Coach Scott Fields in real quick. He sure. just wanted to come in for a second. He is – how you doing, Coach? Doing uh, well, yeah. brother. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Certainly. So, so Coach Fields has his show on the – DBNA network. He's yep. been on there for a while. Um, he wanted to stop by, tell us a little bit about the network and his show, and you know, welcome us to the team. Yeah. How you doing tonight, Take Coach? Doing well. I, I just finished an interview. Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, a young man, Steve Serio, who just won a gold medal in wheelchair basketball at the Paralympics. And wow. I just came away from that interview just now feeling so empowered and so uplifted. And I'll tell you what, it was just a fantastic interview. I can't wait for it to get onto the network to allow viewers and listeners to uh, to hear all the great things that he had to say. Wow. That is awesome. Very cool. That's amazing. That's, right? Yeah, I'm that's very really cool. The will to compete. Amen. Yeah. He he had a mindset that uh, was just phenomenal. And able-bodied people who paralyzed themselves with fears and frustrations and, you know, with doubt and negativity. And here you see a, a gentleman in a wheelchair who doesn't allow, you know, those extrinsic, you know, factors to you know, run his life. And it, just, it was just, just amazing to, to hear his story. And I, I just, I, I feel so blessed and fortunate to have this platform, to have the coach Scott field show to allow people like that, to share tools for people's toolbox. Cause it, it's just so inspirational and uplifting fellas. That's, yeah, uh, that's, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I, I don't I don't even have like words for that because uh, I love stories like that. And I love uh, that when people th- face adversity, they're able to overcome it and fight through it and uh, not let it define them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for having me on. And, you know, congratulations to you guys. You guys are grinders. You're out there putting <laughs> quality content out there for, for viewers and listeners. So, you know, welcome aboard. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see the things that you guys continue to do and how you guys will evolve. I appreciate that. Thank, well, thanks, thank you so much, Coach. No, man, that, that's, that's big time, man. Welcome to the family. <laughs> thank you. Happy we're, to be part of it. We're excited to be there. We, uh, I've been holding this tight to my chest for a while. Me and, too. Oh, when I when we got to announce it, I was like, oh, "Finally, I can tell everybody like this big <laughs> secret." This, 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 you know, weight's been lifted off my shoulders. I have family and friends texting me that are watching. They go, "You didn't even tell me." I go, "Look, I couldn't tell anybody." I go, "This had to keep this it." This was a secret. I go, "The only people that knew were the three of us and and anybody that was in on it, working with us behind the scenes." But that was it, and there was. Basically, nobody. I was like, oh, my God, I just want to tell everybody. I was like, all day I'm thinking, I cannot wait for 830 to come around so I can just tell everybody, hey, we got this huge news and we can tell everybody now. It is 
Um, you know so what? It, to, yeah. to it's it's so a phenomenal cool. platform. The network continues to grow. The amount of viewership on a daily basis continues to evolve. I mean, you think Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple Absolutely. TV, uh, you know, multiple platforms. So, you know, the, the visibility and exposure that, you know, you guys are going to be able to have with the content that, that you're out there sharing, uh, I think is just wonderful. Uh, you know, so, you know, congratulations for you guys. Cause again, I know you guys have been out there, you know, doing your thing and I've been watching from afar and I, I know we've <laughs> stayed in touch a little bit, but just excited for you and to, you know, to allow me to come on and be a part of this show and be a part of your announcement. Uh, I, I'm honored by that and humble. Thank you. And coach uh, is I'm also part of our uh, NBA carousel t- show as well. He's, yeah. he's also yeah. part of that as well. I know I've had some great times uh, coming on and kind of sharing some insight. You know, of course, I live in Salt Lake City. So talk a little bit about the jazz, but to talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, the entire league and what's going on, you know, within the association and see some of the, you know, transactions that are going on, but to kind of, you know, give a viewer a different perspective because, you know, me being on an, you know, on the bench for so many years and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to be with, you know, coach Jerry Sloan out here, a hall of fame coach for two years. And then, yeah. you know, Steph Curry, when he was just a rookie with the golden state warriors, I- I've been blessed and humbled, but I think we can share insights that a lot of people can't have because of the experience that I've had to, you know, be on that bench and to be on the court with the highest level athletes. I kind of, kind of come with a different twist sometimes. Like you see Peyton and Eli right now on Monday night football (laughs) on ESPN. They share some things because, you know, they've been in those shoes on the field. Well, I kind of feel like, I can kind of share that same kind of insight because, you know, I've been in those locker rooms. I've been on those benches. We've won championships. And uh, so, you know, for me, you know, just to be able to share that knowledge, you know, one man's candle does not burn out because you light another man's candle and to see your guys's candle kind of blowing up right now. Boom, baby, you guys are blowing up. (laughs) Thank thank you. you I I appreciate that. We appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, what time and how can they find your show on the network? You know, um, I, I know recently it has changed because of his fall schedule. Right. Uh, we used no. to be on, uh, I think it was like three o'clock mountain time, which was one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I think now that we, we may have moved up because, you know, they got Roman Gabriel that's on. You got Tony Casillas no. wow. that comes wow. on. So, uh, you know, the, there's list. some big names with some great shows. You got Drew Pearson. I mean, and Ryan you guys are, are right there on with all of us. Yeah. And that, I, I mean, mean just, I, what, a, what a unique, you know, opportunity to, you know, get on there and have this fraternity. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent, uh, you know, yeah. that, that's coming on. So gosh, you, you, I mean, you're, you're right there with us and I, I couldn't be more happy for, for a group of guys that comes out there and, you know, lays it on the line. It's you funny. Drew Pearson. I, was just I got you to interview. And, yeah. We yeah. got to interview him back right. in February and it's then I got crazy. to hang, I got to hang out with him, uh, when I went to Canton covering the hall of fame, yeah. I hung I, out with him. I was there for his, I was yeah. there for his speech. I was there behind the scenes before he got his gold jacket. I was standing right there with him and all the guys, Calvin Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, all of them. I was standing with all of them in a it's, pile it's right so before crazy. they went up and got their gold jacket. So well, I, I know gonna, all about Drew Pearson. No, I was going to say, it's crazy. We think, you know, we talked to Drew Pearson. I got to talk to him during the Hall of Fame ceremony stuff. And now we're joining a network that he's on. I mean, <laughs> yep. I, who would have known that? Just, uh, what, two months ago maybe? Three months? Not even. Yep. Like, two months ago. Well, we're talking to him. We're interviewing him. We're just 
whatever. And now it's like, hey, we, we work with Drew Pearson technically. I mean, you know, it's we, been a crazy year. Directly with him, but we're all on one network, so we're all on the same team. Hey, it's, not, it's not, not only are you rubbing elbows, <laughs> you're you're with us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's reality now, fellas. Here yeah. we go. We're happy to be a part of it. Absolutely yeah. ecstatic. Well deserved. Well deserved, Thank fellas. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Coach. All right. We're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming, I think, gentlemen. Coach, well, thank, thank you. For thank you for joining us. Well, I, I, like I'm saying, I, I wish I could have came on a little earlier, but I jumped on as soon as I could. And okay. wow, I just, you know, thanks for Busy. the opportunity oh. to come on and uh, you yeah, know, we'd share, love... share my follically challenged self with you guys. <laughs> we'd love to have you back sometime as well, because yeah. I'd yes, love to definitely. talk basketball with you. Hey, the for NBA sure. season camps are just starting up. They just had media day. So there's a lot of excitement. The, the landscapes have changed a little bit. So uh, there, there's a lot of nuggets we could throw out there a little bit. We'd have to <laughs> get have McDonald's be a sponsor with all the nuggets we could drop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All, all right, Coach. Have a good night. Have a nice night, night guys. Hey, congratulations. Night. Welcome to the family. I am Thank pumped. We're, we're brothers. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, Have Coach. a good night. Have See a good ya. night. All right. Where were we? We were talking about the Giants, I think. Yeah, you were talking Eli about Eli Manning. and uh, yeah, yeah, just it was a good moment. Like I said, really, uh, Matt, thank you. You're definitely – Yes, Matt was uh, one, one of the few that knew was, before the rest of you He was one of those knew. few that had to know for logistical purposes. But other than that, like I said, it was really close to the chest. And I was like, can I just start telling people, oh, please? It was so hard. <laughs> oh, it was that so was, hard. It was one of the worst things I've ever had to keep from somebody – Cause like I just want to tell everybody, and, and I, I said, I said recently, if you're not on board the uh, yeah. the sideline sports bandwagon, yeah. you're gonna be missing out. Cause yeah. <laughs> this but, is only the beginning. But, but like I said, I, I got texts people saying, "You didn't tell me. How could you not have told me this?" I'm like, "Look, I couldn't tell people. I was told not to tell anybody. This was a big secret. It was something exciting for the three of us. It was." A moment we were going to get to. When we got to it, we got to it. I'm Not sorry. just the three of us, but our network. Oh, of course, I mean, this course, is really right. big for our but, network but in when general. I say, when I say that, I mean, it yeah. was, you know, the three of us were the only ones that yeah. really knew. I was like, I can't tell yeah. anybody. I'm sorry. It's kind of like, you know, I didn't sign an NDA, but I might as well have that. I was <laughs> just like, look, I can't say a word until somebody gives me the go ahead. I just think about the place we're going, how great it is that, you know, one of their hosts that's there already. I mean, granted, we have a relationship with Coach, but. He took a few minutes from his schedule tonight after yep. finishing up a show to stop by and congratulate us. That just shows a lot That's about the people we're going to be working with and the network we're going to be on. I'm proud to be a part of it. Oh, yep. absolutely. I am beyond excited. All right. Enough about this, though. I could go on about it literally all night. I mean, <laughs> but we have a sports show to we do. We have a sports show we still have to do. I mean, we yep. got an hour's worth of Greg Pryor, which was fantastic. But we still got to wrap up this whole past week in sport. We're going to be here for probably another half hour, 45 minutes, at least wrapping stuff up. Guys. So we got yeah, to speed this up. To. So back to Giants. JB, what were you talking about? Because you were talking about 0-6. Oh, we're terrible. I know. Uh, so so we, we got these two New York teams. <laughs> and, you know, to me it was overreaction Monday, Monday morning. Because they were saying, oh, Justin Fields was horrible. He shouldn't be the starter. Oh, I'll, I'll real that real football so, fans are. So I, I watched the Bears that. game I, and I watched ESPN Monday morning. I was sick to my stomach every time I heard somebody criticize the poor kid. He got killed with no tight ended blocking, horrible offensive line work. I think it was terrible yeah. game planning. I mean, I. Uh, yes, I will go over that about the Giants in a moment because I don't disagree with that. You know, so um, it was like an overreaction Monday. But, just, but their talks about the Jets and the Giants was actual factual. It was horrible. 
yeah. they they yeah. just are disgusting. When you have the right. owner of the Giants saying that it, you know fans should be booing, that that they're just not playing well. No kidding, they're not playing well. Let's fix it. Get rid of Gettleman. I mean, honestly, let's, rid- let me let me give you a perspective on things. I will run down the schedule, and I'm not kidding when I say there are maybe three or four games that I could particularly pick out that I say we have a chance. Not that we're going to win, meaning we have a chance. Because the first three games were Broncos, Washington, Falcons. We should be at least 2-1, and one, if two not 3-0 and oh in those games, because those were all winnable games. Because now I'm going to list all the teams, and please stop me. You still play the NFC least, so you're going to win some games. Of course. But please point out a game where you think we actually will win. Because I don't see really any. Saints, going to lose. Cowboys, going to lose. Rams, going to lose. Where the Panthers are playing. How can you, whoa, hold on. You're a Giants fan. How can you fold to the Cowboys that easily? Where's your fight? Because they're playing very good football. It doesn't matter. Division games are a little bit different. You know that. The way way it breaks down, whenever you do a team's record, you always assume you split the division games. Unless you're you're the worst team ever, the 0-16 Lions. You know, that's fine. Or, but I'm being realistic here that we we're not going to win many games. Uh, you're a giant, and, and you can't also, concede to the dirty that, Cowboys. That game is also in Dallas, so I don't know I, if we're going to win one of the games. We're going to play it in New York, right, right? So we'll get to that. Panthers, we're not winning that the way they're playing. Chiefs at Kansas City, absolutely no <laughs> shot in a million years. That is one of the Monday night games we play this year. That's a Monday night game. Yep. Yeah. And hold on, oh it gets goodness. better because hold on, the next week we play the Raiders. And I think we're going to lose that way they're playing. We get a week off. And then November 22nd at Tampa Buc- at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night, we're going to lose again. Okay. At home. I don't know how you guys have so many Monday night games. Oh, I really don't. I, get I don't it. understand. At home against the Eagles, we might have a chance. Maybe. And I'm not counting them out. But again, that's one of my maybes. So that's one maybe. At the Dolphins, we're absolutely losing that. I'm going to be honest. Thank John. you. I, you, well, I admit, you guys are a better team. Even without Tua, it doesn't matter. I believe you guys are a better team. Yeah. The Chargers uh-huh. at L.A., absolutely not. Okay, so now we're at home against the Cowboys. We have a chance in that. I don't know that we will win it, but I'll give us a chance. Fine. What about the games against Washington? Hold on. That's the last we, game. We've already proved we could have beat them. Hold on. So, um, Eagles. I'm, Eagles at the Eagles, God. I don't think we're going to win that. If we're going to win a game against the Eagles, it's going to be at home, not on the road. At the Bears, we're going to lose that too, probably. Why? Because <laughs> no. we're just that bad. Even though Matt Nagy is a terrible coach. Oh, he's awful. Just, we are that bad that we can't win games. He might and be then, more incompetent then, than Adam Gase. Then, then we play the last game of the season, Washington, at home. So there is maybe three games that I truly believe we even have a chance. Maybe I'll put the Bears on there to give us four. Gentlemen, there are four <sighs> games the Giants could win. They already lost three games that they could have or should have won. This is why I say, you know, when I see 0-17 as a possibility, I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible because, honestly, we look terrible. We have not done anything right. If the defense shows up, the offense doesn't. If the offense shows up, the defense doesn't. If both show up, they don't show up enough to win the game, apparently. Chibi, okay. What? Wow. I am just looking at Mr. Clutch right now. What? Are you watching the Yankee game? Freddie Freeman? Yeah. Um, no, Mr. Fudge. Mr. The, the, the G-Man? I guess you're ahead of me, but I know what he's about to do. Let me guess. Three-run home wow. run? Oh, yep. he is. Oh, that is crushed. We'll wow. talk baseball more, but yeah, he's on fire too. There's a, Like I said, there's a lot to unpack, gentlemen. 
Well, I mean, the Giants really just, like I said, they're not going to be good until they get rid of Gettleman, and they can really start building this roster once he goes, because his vision is not is not the, it's not right. It's not a it's not good vision. Whatever it is, it's not good football. I mean, well, let's just face it. The Giants will do the Giants thing. Come December and November, we'll win useless games that we have no business winning. <laughs> and our draft pick will go higher and higher. So the numbers go 7, 8, 10. <laughs> and that'll be it. We won't climb any further where we can win a division. That's right, we'll, just, we'll just sit in the same spot that we usually do. Yeah, it, It's every year. We're terrible. We have no business winning games. Oh. And we don't get better. So you know what? Forget the Giants. Until they get rid of Gettleman, and I'm Jets, looking for a new team. It's like the Jets Bears with Pace, the with Pace and Nagy. The Jets just quarterback doesn't look good. I mean, Zach Wilson looks terrible. So you want to talk about the struggles of the, the New York teams, and I put quotes on that because we're really New Jersey, but that's fine. They look terrible. I mean – I mean, nobody's talking about Mac Jones looking really bad. I mean, he looked really, he looked really bad against the Saints. Yeah, but I don't think we're talking rookie quarterbacks. He looked terrible. I'm going to be honest with you. Has any rookie quarterback looked good yet? No, no. I mean, I don't count Fields because I mean, you can't count that. Can't count that yet. That was horrible. Any football fan knows. Hold on, I'll tell you why Justin Fields didn't. Look good, and I'm putting quotes around that because he didn't look bad. People Matt Nagy put him well, in a terrible because position. Matt Nagy is the worst coach I have probably ever seen. He might and be worse than Adam Gates. I think he, he, he might. His game planning was terrible. No, no, terrible. no, it wasn't game planning. He oh, it was. Well, and, no, and no. that's the thing. I don't think I've ever seen Gates put somebody in a position to get injured or you he know get crushed like that. Gates just was, was a bad coach. There is no excuse. Nagy, he didn't like Trubisky. Listen, I. I like Mitch Trubisky. We, we can go through the tapes of all last year. Yeah, I like him. He's not he's not a great quarterback, but he but was he's better a backup. Than Foles, so anyway, right? yeah, but he was better than Foles. He yeah. gives your team a better chance to win. Yeah, you get Fields in better than Dalton, no question about it. If you game plan for him, Nagy does not want this kid to succeed. We that's saw this last saying. year. We, and that's we what, saw this last so year. That's what I mean when I say the game planning. He doesn't want him in yeah. there, so he's intentionally no. Pl- you know, that's that's what yeah. I've I never agree. seen a head coach in the NFL make a game plan so his quarterback will fail. Well, well not only fired. not only that, but he said at the beginning of the season, Andy Dalton's our guy if healthy. Andy Dalton started, then he got hurt. I don't like then to he, say, hold on. Then yeah, he no, went no, no, no. with Justin Fields because Reluctantly. Matt because Andy Dalton's hurt. Then this week, right the day after the game, yesterday He's, he was yeah. like, "Oh, now it's a three person competition. Dalton's <laughs> healthy." Justin Fields is a little banged up, and now Nick Foles is somehow in the fold. Even yep. though you said Andy Dalton's our guy of healthy, but then you went Justin Fields. Now you're saying it's a three-man rotation. Who knows? Yep. It's whoever wins the job. And you know, going into Week Four, what the hell are you doing? I he's, hate he's calling for people's jobs. Doing? I hate calling for people's jobs. He needs to go. He needs to be gone last week. I mean, it's not even that's a terrible coach. You're getting. You're going to get people hurt. I would like to point yeah. this out too. This may be one of, if not the worst, offensive line performances I've ever seen. Uh, look do you know at how the many Dolphins. sacks? Do you know how many? No, no, no. <laughs> do you know how many sacks there were in this game? Nine. Exactly. You know how many yards passed? They yeah, had how many one yard net yard. One yes, yard pass. One yard. How many By yards the way, Matt Nagy, you, sir, are out of order. Yes, how many is. rushing yards did they have? 
46. I don't even think it was that, but I think it was 44 it was. or 45. No, I'm looking at it, 46 yards. I'm, I'm looking at the stats. They had 47, 47 yards. 47 yards of offense. Yep. I mean, and, and the Browns, hold on. The Browns, 418 total yards, oh. 203 passing, and 215 rushing. And we know Chicago has a better defense than that. Absolutely. We know that, but, but the position Matt Nagy's putting all of his players in, I mean, like I said, not only is it, bad football, but when you do stuff like that, oh. you play around with people's jobs, their money, no, and you play around with their careers, their, whether they get hurt or not. There's all types of things that you're putting on the line, you're taking into your hands. You have that kind of power as the head coach of this football team, the organization, and you're doing that. You, sir, deserve to lose your job. And I don't yeah. say that much about, no, you know, like you said, and I don't say that about people because that's your money, no, that's your yeah, life. But, but right, in this but instance, this you pathetic. need to go. Like, this you need was, to get this out. Is, this is where I draw the line because he not only coached poorly and game planned badly, it was a, it's seemingly intentional. Yep. And and the just the performance on the field, you don't get that unless that is probably on purpose. I don't, yep. I don't think somebody accidentally – just compl- like just by you know dumb luck basically you know what? coaches that I, I, out, I don't think that I happens. throw out the challenge. I throw out the challenge. Matt Nagy, if you have any reason to defend yourself, come out here. Come out here next week. We do the show Tuesday night. You, you you're free. We'll accommodate you. We'll I'll even we'll I will it. make special arrangements to make sure I can talk to you about this. We will do Anytime. the show twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, Matt Nagy. I want to know how you could justify what you do. How yep. how there's not anybody else that deserves your job because you are horrible. I mean, this kid, this kid Fields is a nice, right he's a nice young kid, and and you're willing to do that to him and put him in that kind of position. And he's, you he's know, got some true talent. Let's and he's forget. got some talent he has some and absolutely raw talent for sure. And hopefully, he's able to learn, like take something from this and learn uh, for his own yeah, self. I, I learn, um, you know. Hopefully he's able to, because I mean, there's growing pains, but that that was just not fair to put him in that kind of position. No. And then you know, to, that, see, to see ESPN dog a Monday morning. That's so, I mean, that's so classless guys, and bush It's just such an easy thing. It's, it's the, so easy to blame are, him, but it's not the his goal. The gold standard in sports reporting you're supposed to be, right? You're, you're the guys we're talking about. Yep. Keep in mind that guys double flipping off during national broadcasts. No, no, that's, that's, that's the other guys, actually. You're going to have the nerve. You're going to have the nerve to say it's Justin Fields' fault that yeah, that the Bears' cool. offense was no good. Get out of here! You They're guys are out of death. order. They're tone deaf. You, you have no business reporting about games. That's it. You're done. You know because that was that was disgusting. When I saw that, it was overreaction Monday all day. There was that. I was like, oh, I was so frustrated. I wish we were doing the show yesterday morning, watching the headlines. Some people just don't. Some people just don't know how to talk football. Some people don't know the nuances of the game of football. And clearly, whoever was talking and whoever was producing that, writing, they writing that all that stuff. You don't know your football, and you just need to. You just need to not talk football. Leave it to to the people that know what they're talking about. I mean, like us. I'm not saying I know everything, but I mean, it's clearly oh, yeah. just. I, look, I didn't even watch the game. That's the funny part. I couldn't have watched the game. I wasn't even home to watch it, but I saw enough plays. I saw enough highlights. I saw enough information from this game because I, of course, checked up on it and 
and did my research before the show because you guys know I got to know. But the point is I, I saw enough without watching the full game to know there is no way in a million years anybody other than Matt Nagy could be blamed right now. I mean, yeah. And you let just, you let uh miles Garrett and uh, Jadavian Clowney tee off. Like those are two I mean, big men, miles Garrett really big men, sacks, which yeah. is, I believe and Clowney at two. For the Browns yep. um, single season. It was single, absolutely single game disgusting. Absolutely yep. disgusting. I mean, Matt look, Nagy, miles listen. Garrett, good for him. Cause he's a great player. I mean, he is one of the top. Maybe but, put, Maybe put but, Matt Nagy and Dave Gettleman on like an island together, would, and they can coach some I, team know, no, on no, an no. island. They can coach Bishop Sycamore together, John, like you know coach a GM. Do? Hold on, you know what I would really love to do? Put Gettleman and Nagy as the players on the field alone. There we go. That's line, fun. And Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett get to just bum rush them for six minutes straight. You know, we'll do thirty minutes because it's kind of like. You know, half oh, they the won't offense. last that long. No, but I'm just saying the offense is on half the time, the defense is on half the time, so they won't be on oh, well, all the time. I think it'll be a forfeit after so, one so play. So we'll do 30 minutes. We'll give them 30 minutes. Right? They're the offense. Those two are the defense. We'll give them 30 minutes with them. I would love to watch. I would pay any amount of money because they both deserve to be absolutely obliterated for these stupid you know, decisions and That's ways good. that they coach and act Matt and talk and whatever. Anybody in the Chicago area that that has any talk with the Bears organization, start tweeting about it on Twitter, you know, sideline sports one. We're here, Matt Nagy. Defend yourself. We're listening. You know, I definitely listen. Gary Bettman listens. Yes, you know, he does. We, we know that happens. So make sure Matt Nagy, when you when you listen to this tomorrow morning and you see it on Twitter, bring it. I'm ready. I, I want to have a conversation with I you. I will sit down and talk all day. Come on. Um, other NFL news though, Justin Tucker, you guys see that play? Wow. I mean, talk about skill. Hold on. Talk about skill and luck all in one. Talk about shouldn't have happened. So is the Lions that cursed though? I mean, (laughs) that's my question. The Ravens got lucky. Really lucky. Really lucky. Usually, when someone gets really lucky, the other team kind of has really bad luck. So, no, this was the refs missing stuff. That's that. I mean, first of all, I don't know. It's just well, congratulations for Tucker. You know, that's still an amazing. Regardless, I'll say right. That was one heck of a field goal. I have never seen. I I mean, I disagree. John Mozick said that Jared Goff is not very good. Actually, I think Jared Goff's played really well overall for the Lions. Yeah. He's played a he's, lot he's, better than I've expected him to this year. And that Lions team is competing, and they're fighting hard for Dan Campbell. I I have to give it to Dan Campbell and and the the players. Like they're fighting, they're 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 playing their butts off, and they're they're not lying down. They may be zero and three, uh, that was, but the, that may, was that was that pun unintentional? No, that, no, that well, was not intentional. I don't know why uh, that was very they looked awful though. They looked awful against Green Bay. I, no, they know. were up seventeen to fourteen at half. Like you and, don't. And how then, many times does a team like Detroit lead Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau at bro, the half on Monday Night Football? I'll say this. Hold okay, on, but if you're going to defend the this coach, this reminds me of when they had Stafford. They don't look that different for the most part. They look good for the part coach, of the game. And you're up at the half. You can't get blown out. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean the t- the talent just isn't there for them to be competing I, with real teams. I, I but agree. they're fighting. 
Like they're not giving up. And I got to give them credit. We know there's not much talent there, but at least they're competing, you know, and they're trying and it's, they're a lot, they're doing a lot better than I expected. I mean, they could have easily got that Ravens game. I expected them to get blown up by four touchdowns because I mean, the Ravens are just way better than them. Lamar Jackson should have done a lot better than that. There's no reason the Ravens should be toying around like that. You know, like, there's no reason the line should be up at half at Lambeau on Monday night football against Aaron Rodgers by three points. There's no reason. There's no reason the Niners should barely beat the Lions. Like I agree. This game still gives me agit. I lost a fourteen parlay thanks to the Lions. That's Ooh, why you're nice. that's why that's why you're upset. God gotcha. it's always is, back to JB's bets. So I wanna always. I wanna bring something hold on, I wanna bring something back up. So at the beginning of the season we talked about uh MVP candidates. And I told you both, and you both thought, especially you, John, thought I was nuts. Now, it's only I been three do. weeks. I, I'm, I'm talking about only through three weeks. I said Matt Stafford would be a legitimate dark horse. I didn't say you were nuts. Oh, you sure no, did. No, I told not, you how I feel JB, about that. JB is the one that, that doesn't like Stafford. With you. I love Stafford. John actually agreed with you. Okay. And I, I, and it was JB that, I, I think he's okay. a top five then, quarterback. Then, then John, I take, back, I take that back. Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. A top five? No. I just muted him. He didn't even get the out of order for that one. He was just muted. But, but anyway, back to what I wanted to say. So Matt Stafford, through three weeks, has been arguably a top five quarterback this season. He destroyed not overall, Brady. Not overall. I'm talking about right now for only the season, he is a top five quarterback. And well, I could if, argue if that. the Bucs can't stop has, him. Who can? He has played out of his mind. He has been phenomenal. That offense is absolutely insane. So this is some of the best football I've ever seen him play. If besides the division, because we know how division games go, outside of that division, who's going to stop the Rams when they play the Rams? Outside of the division, we know how that goes. But when the other games that they have remaining, who's going to beat them? Cardinals and Seahawks, we're going to skip because those are division games. Yeah. We're just yeah. skipping over. Out of division games. Yep. So we'll skip those. Giants, absolutely not. Nope. Lions, absolutely not. Giants nope. win 32 28. No. Not. You are absolutely insane. You're out of order, sir. And for that, you're out of order, sir. The Giants are going to get absolutely obliterated in that game. So let's just name, I'm going to count on my fingers all the games I believe they'll win, out, not, not including division. Yeah. Giants, crushed. Yep. Lions crushed. <laughs> Texans crushed. Titans, I think they still win that. So they get the Giants, Lions, and Texans? Yep. <laughs> I, I, I believe they beat the Titans. What is Hold that? On. I believe with their offense, they beat the Titans. And their their run defense will stop Derrick Henry. So I believe. That'll be tough. That That'll would be, be tough. It's going to be a good game, but That's I believe they'll win that. That's going to be a good game. 49ers, offensively, division. I don't think they can match up. Division game, though. That's a division game. All right, fair, fair. All right, fine, fine. Correct. Packers. I think that's Ooh. a game they could lose. That's a game. That, Depends I, on where I, it's at. It is in Green Bay, I believe. Okay, that yeah. that'd what, be what interesting. Week? So, so I'm week? picking. I'm picking games. I'm guaranteeing like they are going to win. Jacks, what week is that? Uh, I don't know. It's November 28th. I'm not looking back. No, it yet. could be snow. Could be not snow. The yet. Jags at home, you know, like oh, LA at home, gosh. absolutely obliterate them. Jalen Ramsey revenge game. Skip the Cardinals. Skip the Seahawks. Vikings gonna get crushed. Ravens will be a good game. Mm. It's at the, it's at Baltimore, and then they finish. That's going to be a that's so, going to be a tough so, game because if it's so a one o'clock game, they're, that's going to be a tough like, game. So they'll three, lose. 
Oh, so three and zero. They beat the Giants two and four and zero. Lions five and zero. Texans and uh, Titans. I'm saying they win. So Not seven. sure about that. That could go iffy. We'll see. Iffy. I, I'm saying they win. So let's well, let's call it a win for now. Seven. Then we skip 49ers. Packers, they might lose. So that's seven. And I one. think that's again, a loss. And I'm I'm again excluding all divisions. So seven yeah. and one. Yep. Jags, eight and one. Skip uh Cardinals and Seahawks. Vikings, that's nine and one. And then Ravens, loss. maybe they lose. I so think they lose it. So that's that's nine and two. They only need to win two or three division games. Three games, they're, yeah. Yeah. So they're looking at well, because they'll split the division. That's pretty you get, good. You want to get home field advantage, so you want to do better than that if you're going to be. But I'm just saying, gonna, they're, they're looking at a playoff team. But minimum easily. is what we're saying. Minimum oh, yeah. 12. We're saying oh, yeah. minimum. Minimum. I mean, if they win. So we excluded. So let's see. We excluded one, two. Uh, and this is without but, much of a running game. But hold on. Hold on. Very we excluded, hold on, actually, we excluded basically every – Oh, we excluded every single in division game. So that's actually, let's say they split that because that's eight games that they are uh, six, six games, games in the division. Yeah, so three more wins, three more wins. Correct. That's okay. Pretty good, and they may win more than that. So the Packers game really could decide who gets first oh, seed because oh, they already oh, beat oh, the Bucks, so they already have head to head in that. So yeah, they, they beat the Packers. To, they don't want to go to Green Bay. No, that, you, don't you don't want. want you don't want to play Tom Brady in Tampa. You want no. Tom Brady to play on the road against you. Because we saw what happened this past Sunday when, when Tam, Tom Brady went to L.A. He got his butt kicked. So, but this yeah, goes to really, prove my the point, Green though. Bay game could decide who This, this really goes to prove my point, uh, which was you know my Dark Horse MVP thing. Matt Stafford, with good players around him, is an incredible quarterback. I got to be honest. An extremely large amount of talent, and they're finally getting to see it. I, I got to be honest, Kyler I, didn't Murray. Even, I didn't even know Deshaun Jackson was still yeah. that fast. I watched yeah. him play against the Bucs, and a, I was like, I was like, is this guy 25 years old? Like, yeah. hey, this guy's 35, I think, 34, 35, and he runs like looks, that. I'm like, very good. I'm Thursday. like, what? Yeah. That was insane. That was very impressive. <laughs> but, I, I mean, just – that offense is absolutely and the, wild. And the wild. defense shut down Tom That's Brady in the box. That defense is great. Like, whoa. Well, the, the but, defense was never a question with No, the, but, right. but to do that against Tom Brady in that offense, That's like impressive. That's impressive. And they look very good. So you know that's, why I, that's why I told you. This is a team that has a chance I'm at a gonna, championship right now. Listen, I'm going to say it this way. I'm not, the playoffs are going to be a tough gonna, I'm not going to say because they beat the Bucks in week that, ooh, I'm thinking that they did something great. They didn't just beat them. They manhandled them. They were up by 17 in the second half, late in the second half. That game was a lot closer than... I'm not looking at a signature win in week three. But the thing is... to be a midseason. Too many things at the beginning of the year happen. Listen, it's a bad loss for Tampa, yes. You want to come out and win this game. But A, they're the Super Bowl champions, so everyone's going to give them their best shot. That's automatic once you're the Super Bowl champs. Secondly, it's week three. You got Tom Brady. I hate to say it, but they're going to be there at the end of the year. We yeah. already know that. We're not denying that. So, so I'm We're not, not denying that they'll be there at the end of the year. We're just saying, look, it's impressive to beat Tom Brady. And in the fashion that he and, did, the way that the team played was impressive, no matter and, what time of year it is. 
It looks like the Bucks like don't have it versus Rams. Like they just can't match that physicality. And they didn't even uh, have Daryl Henderson. Like they didn't even have Daryl Henderson to run the ball. They had Sony Michelle, former Patriot, former teammate of Tom Brady. So no, I just thought that matchup wise, the Bucks early, just don't match so up well. It's it's still early, so I'm not freaking out and saying, Oh my god, this is great or this is terrible. I'm just saying this. They look very good. They look incredible yeah, they do. so far. And they do. I'm just that. I'm just not giving beating Tampa a huge amount of feel, uh I don't know. How not? Right Who because else is going to beat this Tampa season. this year? It's too early in the season. Come back at me for a later signature win. They'll they'll have chances. Let them, when they play Green Bay, they win that game the same way. Then I'm on board because it's later in the season. Week three, I'm not big deal. The Chiefs are one or two. Am I thinking this season's over? By watching ESPN, I am because you know that's another overreaction. Because they're hitting they the think. panic button. Yeah, but you who know, stomps Tom Brady by 17 late in the second half? I, and the Chiefs are, are garbage. They, you know, they haven't been to the last two Super Bowls and won one and then to have any chance. But nobody's games blown out the Chiefs. Nobody's they blowing won't. out the Chiefs. Like, they barely, Chiefs barely lost because Mahomes threw two stupid passes and Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbled against the Ravens. If Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't fumble and Mahomes doesn't throw a no look pass that bounces off and becomes an interception in the second half of that game. That game's probably different, and the That's Chiefs are probably three and zero. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't turn the ball over, which is uncharacteristic I, if, of the Chiefs. Again, if, you're, if you're watching that Disney Network, you're saying, and I'm telling you, Monday morning, the Chiefs are done. You know, they're. Oh, no, I don't think they're and, done. And no. Justin Fields is bad at playing quarterback in the NFL because this is, <laughs> you know, overreaction Monday. I can't wait to see next week's uh, takes because this week I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It's week bad. three. It's They're week three. Bad. We got 17 games. Yes, big win for the Rams. Glad to see it. I like to see somebody different. It but, really goes a long way for home field, too, because of that head-to-head. They have oh, a tiebreaker yeah, over yeah. the Bucs. It, it is big for home field, but I'm not I'm not sold on it yet. When they get to the Green Bay game, then we'll talk. And there's only one bye. There's only one bye, and remember that. That's true. Look, I'm just saying... Matt Stafford, if he's going to keep this up, he's got a real shot at MVP. So if there's anybody out there looking to place bets, I'd start placing them now yep. because this is the time where, you know, the odds are going to start changing. They already, I mean, they're changing all the time, but they're especially going to start changing in his favor at the moment. You might want to try and get them while the odds are still in your favor to get a good payout because Matt Stafford, him and Kyler Murray – and Tom Brady are my top three candidates. What do you think? What do you think right now? What do you think? You're Rafael Esperanza. <laughs> I like sports. Hey, I'm just uh, saying. Look, are you either of you? Gonna, I don't think you're going to agree with disagree with me that probably right now top three MVP candidates would be Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. I think I those are not, all fair. I would not disagree much at all with you right and now, and that's why I say, look, yeah. especially for Tom Brady for MVP, eh, don't. Don't bet on it only because if you're looking to make a lot of money, sometimes you play. Also gotta throw, you also got to throw Josh Allen into the conversation a little bit That's too. Fair. The way he started I'm out. My top but, three. I'm talking my top three yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah he only, struggled, just, for, he he only struggled for the first two weeks and then on, he destroyed Washington. My other point is this. I'm talking about guys with good odds probably. Josh Allen probably had not such great odds in terms of winning a lot of money. He had high odds to win it, but if you're trying to make a lot of money, you want lower odds. 
So I'm saying Matt Stafford of those guys probably had the lowest odds to actually win, which is good oh, if, you, Stafford, if he does win. Stafford definitely would. Right. And so that's why I say the way he's playing, he really does have a shot. Place your bets now where his odds are still lower than the other guys. And he's got a legitimate shot at that MVP title because uh, he looks really, really so right good. Right now. And I know it's I only three Murray, weeks. Murray's plus 700. He's the favorite right now, according yep. to Vegas Insider. Mahomes go. is 800. Brady's 800. Yeah. Stafford's See? 800. Allen's 900 as of okay. today. So okay. there you go. So, but that stands my point. He might continue to go up, but plus eight hundred—that's pretty good. It sounds good to me, and I—I I think he's your front runner right now. It, it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's definitely worth it. I, I don't see if you got money and you're into betting, it's definitely a good at that. Yeah. Wow. Now, you know some other games that were good this weekend. Um, you know, off the top of my head, the the Raiders. That was a wild game. I'd I, I, I messaged Phil Jones, who who is on the NFL carousel, covers the Raiders. He's a diehard Raiders fan. I said, I hope the Dolphins and Raiders never play again because every time they play, it's like a heart attack for the both of us. Like <laughs> nerves are shot, and these two teams play the wildest match like matchups you can think of. Like that's just straight heart attack for the both of us when we watch the Raiders and Dolphins. Because you think about last year, the Ryan Fitzpatrick game, yeah. and then this game. I, mean, I remember that. I forgot about that game, but now that you said, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was when he had that car. wild um, that Thursday wild night game the, or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember what the pass like what the pass looked like, but I can I remember yeah. it was like, like wasn't was like fall, he was like falling yeah. right. He was falling back. His face mask was being pulled, and he still made the pass. Like a sixty right. yard pass or That's something. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. I do remember that now. Just yeah, a wild That's crazy. Hole. What was it, fourth and twenty the Dolphins had? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fourth and twenty this thing. past Sunday. Yeah. I got I'm say. looking at I'm watching the game, and I'm not even actually watching it. I'm in the car. I'm looking at the app because it's the last game going on. And I'm like, oh, the game's over. Fourth and twenty. First out. Like, what the heck? I was just in shock. I gotta say, Jacoby Brissett deserves a lot of credit for going out there and playing the way he, he did. He played really it's hard. It's not easy. I mean and I'm not going to disagree with this comment. I mean, I, and I'm not making fun of Tua. I'm just saying Brissett really did look. No, the, pretty, they had a good game, a, a decent game plan for. No, I'm, just, um, I'm just saying for what they wanted Brissett to looked do. Really good. That's well, they they fixed. They didn't fix the offensive line. They moved guys around in different positions this week, mm-hmm. which made a big difference in them being able to block a little bit better. They right. moved guys around. They they benched a couple guys. That's what they needed to do. They still have a lot of issues along that line. They still have a problem with offensive play calling because Jalen Waddell set the record for least amount of receiving yards with that many catches in NFL history. He's the first player to have a hun- under 100 yards with that many catches in NFL history. And he's the first player to record a safety on while that type of play while receiving the ball like that. He's the first player. Like making an actual reception. Yep. So it's a, it's a it's a gain technically in yardage. Yep. And he and still got a safety. safety. Yeah. Speaking First of safeties, ever, it's not a safety, but longest play in NFL history this week. What was it? 109 yards? Nine yards. Yeah. That was I'm not sure why they went for that field goal. 
Well, Matt Prater has a big leg, but yeah. I know, but still, I mean, even with Justin Tucker, I don't know if I'm kicking that far. I mean, I know Justin Tucker kicked, what, 60? He got really lucky. But but that was, what, 68, I want to say? 68 for Prater, yeah. Yeah, so that was well beyond his bounds, probably. I mean, and that's nothing on Prater. I don't even think that Justin Tucker could make that. I mean, and I say that because we saw 66, and he just – Got it. I mean, he got lucky. lucky bounce. Abs- oh, absolutely. A lucky bounce. I mean, the way and I look at nice. it is one of the odds of them getting it or running it back, you know, and the coverage team, listen, just because you're yeah. on the field goal team, you've got to still cover. Oh, it's all linemen. It's basically all linemen. It doesn't matter. You've got to cover. If you're no, on I the know, special but, team, yeah, you've got to cover. But whoever the special teams, it's all, yeah, it's all big guys that aren't going to change. Chase down Jamal Agnew is one of the fastest guys in football. No, but the problem yeah. is they didn't have to chase first him down. There were plenty of times to tackle him, first, and they just missed. You're not you're, when you're first a big lesson, lineman. You're no, not tackling first, Jamal Agnew. First lesson: contain. If they had contain, that's not a problem. Anybody that's played any football or been around yeah. any football that's practice, my point. that's the first. They lesson had their opportunities to take him down. They just didn't. Yeah, that yeah. guy's fast, so he's really oh, fast. Think I'm of disagreeing. Think of Tyreek oh, Hill type saying, of fast. I'm not saying they're going to catch him. Don't think I'm saying that. But if they played the, if they had the coverage correctly, no question, it would have been a touchdown. Agreed. So I, I don't, I don't disagree with the coach taking a shot like that. I don't like it, but I don't disagree with it. They're lucky they won that game because that could, I mean, that could that be a devastating really, loss. Yeah. Yes. That would have been horrible. That would have been bad. Um, Any other NFL news this weekend? I feel like there is probably, but we're definitely missing it, which is fine. There's a lot, yeah. There was such it was a big week. It was a huge week. I do want to talk a couple of uh, minutes of baseball before we wrap up. Go right ahead. I got to talk about you know the the guy who's the hottest hitter of baseball right now. The G Man. I mean, he owns Fenway yeah. Park. I, I think that they presented it to him Sunday night. <laughs> um, now Trump. he's in Toronto. He's you know starting to get the Rogers Center. He's going to acquire all the ballparks like it's Monopoly. Um, you know, John Carlo looks good, and at the right time. 10 RBIs up in Boston over the weekend. I think the only other Yankees to ever have done that were guys you never heard of. Ruth, Mantle, Eric, I believe. Were the <laughs> Who names. are these guys? I've never heard you know, of them. Never heard of such such players. Um, came through tonight with another huge home run. Yankees yeah. went from two games back before the weekend to – up a game on Boston. They're up a game tonight. right now. Uh, they're, so right. They're, technically, they're, they're technically up two games because I counted as they're up one game on Boston, but up two games on Toronto. With tonight, yeah. they'll go up another game. Right. And, I mean, with only five to go, if they could pull one more out of Toronto. This well, week, the the, the Orioles beat the Red Sox tonight as well. Oh, thank oh. God. Four to two. That is, Let's go this is This is probably – as a Yankees fan, the best scenario we could ask for. We always do this tonight, for the Red Sox. We're always. winning tonight and the Red Sox lose. That means everybody we needed to lose loses. The Blue Jays will fall back an extra game. The Red Sox fall a game behind us, and we move a game up. I mean, uh, we're, This is about a almost a 10-year anniversary of the Robert Andino play. I don't know if you remember that. Where, uh, where the it was – Basically, the last game of the season, the Red Sox needed to win. And uh, Robert Andino for us, I believe in 2011, hit a walk-off, I think, RBI double 
to uh, knock the Red Sox out of the uh, out of the uh, playoff contention last As game of the should. season, As and they, they didn't make the playoffs, and they were so mad. Red Red Sox fans hated us, As and it was fantastic. I mean, just the tears from Red Sox fans. I mean, it's fantastic. Good. As they should. Yeah. yeah they but should. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch Sunday's night game, that seventh and eighth inning. I was watching football. Right. If you ever want to see the highlights, an, I wasn't an inning of baseball that was crazy as anything, Red, uh, Red Sox down 2-1, bottom of the seventh, pop up to third, foul territory, misplayed. Fly ball to Gallo in left field, misplayed. Red Sox take a 3-2 lead. Top of the eighth. Judge, foul tip, should be a strikeout, drops the ball. The I did transfer. see that. Yep. Then he hits a, a fly ball that should have been caught. It drops. And then after that, the floodgates opened up, and Stanton did Stanton. Rizzo had a huge double. You know, it was just a crazy, crazy one inning of baseball. It was really fun to watch as a Yankee fan. Yeah. And if, look, if there was ever a time for them to get hot, this is it. And uh, look, we'll see what happens. I'm not, you know, counting my chickens before they hatch. I understand that. But um, like I said, if they were going to get hot, this was the time. And they look fantastic. I mean, they look phenomenal. So um, yeah. is there anything else that we wanted to talk about, guys? I mean, I know this has been a very long show. And I'm I, trust me, I'm loving every minute of it. But I know this is gotta, I gotta mean, that's all I story. got. Um, Listen, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I thought Greg was a great interview. Oh, I, fantastic! Oh, I think we had a lot of good NFL stuff. Yeah, I mean, my only baseball. only last thing. I mean, this is super duper quick, and then after that, we'll just do a regular wrap up. Uh, Rangers finally announced uh, today. I uh, used me yesterday. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist will have his number thirty jersey retired, which we all knew would happen eventually, um, against the Minnesota Wild on January twenty eighth. So good for him. Just, congratulations. I mean, just obviously well deserved. It's yeah. it was a no brainer that he would be retired, you know, have his number retired. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Um, so just saw that and I was very happy. I said, look, it's it's well deserved. It's pretty obvious that was not it was not if it was going to happen, it was just a matter of when. when. And uh they finally announced that the other day. So uh good for good for Hunter Plunquist. So that's it. I got nothing else. So I just wanted to throw that in there for the end. Yep. All right, sounds like a plan. All right, uh, then so, go around. I'll start with you, JB. Where can they find you? JB underscore the program on Twitter, the program on the Believe Network, NFL Carousel cover of the Chargers, NBA Carousel coming back in just a couple of weeks, uh, DBNA Television, Sideline Sports, the most important face of the most important places. <laughs> I, I, like it. Here. <laughs> I like it. Did you just it's come up with done. that? I, I just thought of it. Uh, That's you know, clever. Remember, download the, the DBA, DBNA TV app on Roku, yep. Fire Stick. Or, the, Come or, watch or, us. or their website. Yep, DBNA, or DBNA their website. TV. Make yep. sure you're there. A lot of good Absolutely. shows on there, but definitely, you know, Absolutely. come see us. Yep. John, John where can John? they find you? Yeah, Fox Sports 1340. You can find me on there writing or. Oriole recaps and then writing uh, interview recaps for Kelsey Nicole Nelson, who covers the Washington football team, among other things in the D.C. area for Fox Sports. Also write for Cardiac Kane on Fansided, Finn Fanatic on Fansided. Cardiac Kane's the Carolina Hurricanes, Finn Fanatic is the Miami Dolphins. Sideline Sports, of course, Sports Arena Monday and Wednesday nights, 10 o'clock. Um, 
NFL carousel Thursday nights between seven and eight. And then Blue Hawks 13 on Twitter and DBNA television, of course, as JB mentioned, you know, we, that's our home. Right. That's where we belong. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Very excited about that. And there will be a you quiz guys, later for all you that have sorry, I went, far. Yeah. Just got like a, a list. It's, it's a long list. Yep. You yeah. got, I'll make mine nice and short. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. You can find me Facebook, Instagram. Just look up my name, whatever. More importantly, Sideline Sports. Instagram and Twitter is Sideline Sport 1. YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports, as you see, scrolling across the bottom of your screen. And most importantly now, are not only are we on, as per usual, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like we've been saying all this time, we're now on DBNA TV. We are so excited to be there. So if you're not checking us out there or YouTube or Facebook or wherever, what are you doing? I mean, you got to we, we we had a great interview with Greg. Just this is I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do. We got a lot of great stuff right. coming. One last so. thing before we go. Matt Nagy, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Come defend <laughs> yourself. We are Absolutely. here for you. Consider this like penance as a Catholic. Come, come confess your sin stuff, Matt Nagy. We will help you. You know, we will teach you the, the blocking scheme to get Justin Fields to do some work for you. But you got to come. Got to come on the show. Come, come repent. There you go. That's it. I'm done. All right, everybody, have a good night, and we will see you guys uh, next week. John, where did you right. make that? See you guys. <laughs>